0: and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn related show on the planet Earth, the John Campia Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV streaming, and all sorts of good things. Start of a brand new week, guys. Good to have you here. Also good to have them here, writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett.
1: Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, I'm doing well. A big shout out. It's one of my favorite directors, Paul Verhoeven, who turns 84 today. Wow. 84, of course, you know his last movie, Benedetta. (laughs) That was one you were very much looking forward Uh, to. Yes, I was. You know, it's a a venerable genre that was made popular in the 60s and 70s. I'll leave you to decide what that genre is. (laughs) But uh, he's one of my favorite filmmakers, and um, he's still he's still going strong, making more movies.
0: And sitting right beside him, Chris Carr is here. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great.
2: I got a belly full of loco moco. I'm ready to do this. Woo! Let's go.
0: And yeah, I had a, a we had a big family thing yesterday. We had so much food, as you always do. You always get too much food when you have big family stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. People come. Up, Ray knows what I'm talking about. Way too much food. Although the ice cream pizza you brought, yeah. All gone, Wait a minute. All prepared. Yeah, yeah. Ray, by the way, Ray Ora joining you guys in the live chat today. Ray That's brought right. over some. Um, ice cream pizza. But to what a me. morning, huh? What a morning. <laughs> what, a, what a morning. We'll, we'll get what to a that long little, morning. We'll get to that but a little bit later. Hold on.
3: I need to call. You had a Moco Loco right now?
2: I had. That's what I was eating right here.
3: Is That's the gravy and the yolk. Yeah. Oh. Ooh.
2: And it's over what? a hamburger patty? It's so good. I don't understand why that you have this vendetta against brown gravy, Ray.
3: It's oh. brown gravy with the yellow yolk yeah. combining. Doesn't that make green or something? No.
2: No. <laughs>
0: Who taught you
4: colors? I mean we're not editing colors here. It's just
0: <laughs> also joining us
4: today. Confounded
0: by the conversation, as are we all. Producer running the show here today, Jonathan Boygo. Jonathan, I Hey, you doing? good morning, everybody. And it is great to have you guys here. Here's how today's show's gonna go. First of all, Happy Monday to all of you. We hope you're having a great day. So, the show is going to go like this. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then, in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Here's how you get a live comment or question on number one, got to be watching live. Number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, we're going to announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. If you have a thought, theory, observation, comment, question, critique about any of the topics we're talking about here today, be ready to fire those in because we only leave the Super Chats open for a couple of minutes. You got to get them in there fairly quick little hint don't put in four-parter or five-parters you're likely not going to get through <laughs> all of them so be ready to have those to come in also guys want to remind you that if you need your daily fix of the john campion show but you can't be in front of a youtube video maybe you're commuting you're at the office good news there is an audio only version of our show creatively called the john campion show podcast just go to your favorite podcasting app of choice and subscribe to it today also just so you know there's a secondary podcast feed for mailbag if you guys want to keep up on mailbag in an audio only form you can find that there go and again subscribe to that today all right guys with that down let's start things off here with an off the top which is not admittedly really a news item (laughs) it's just one that's really been bothering me all weekend (laughs) now of course last week the first trailer for rob zombies monsters came out and we all looked at it as, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. What the actual hell was that? Now, and and I now granted, I, I'm not a big fan of Rob Zombie as a filmmaker per se. I, I mean, obviously he's got some classics with you know House of a Thousand Corpses and things like that. He's got those, but I, I admit his his filmmaking is not necessarily for me, and that's okay. I am a fan of Rob Zombie, though. I've a number of his tracks that have been on my playlist yes. for a long, long time. Um, but again, we looked at this thing, and I saw some of the stills before the trailer drops. Like, wow, he's really going for that retro looking and feel, and that looks like the like the Dracula Father, and that looks like Munster, and the, I mean, it had all that. But when that trailer hit. I mean, it was just no seriously, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. And it looked like it was made up for a budget of about $5,000. It really did. It looks and more importantly, sounded like it was shot on an iPhone and not even iPhone 13, like an iPhone six is is what it looked and sounded like it was shot on. And, you know, I was, I had a quick Christian Harloff and I were texting back and forth a little bit about it and it just made, it bothered me even more because he was raising some good points. And I was thinking about, it's like the budget of this thing is $40 million, that's what's being reported. To remind everybody, that's more than District 9. And when you look at this and you think to yourself, where? Where is $40 million? Now, look, if I wanted to be a real pessimistic conspiracy theorist, you're like, I'd wonder how much Zombie paid his own family to be in this movie. Because he does have family in the movie. It's like, I wonder what their paychecks are. I, I, again, that's if only I want to be super pessimistic. But, but honestly, I look at this and I remember I, I, I said to Christian when he and I were talking, I said, who will ever hire him again? Like we handed you $40 million and this is what you're turning in? Like it, it's, it's profound. Now, when we talked about this last week, I did propose a possibility. And that possibility was, what if this whole trailer was just a big misdirect? Like, what if we actually watch this and the production value is incredible and it's like really awesome and funny because they certainly didn't put funny in the trailer. I never grinned once, but, but it's, that's the thing though. It's so bad. I cannot help but wonder if maybe it's intentional. And at this point, I really hope it was. I have no information and no proof at all that it's intentional. None i have no proof or actual facts to back up the idea that this this trailer they released last week was just a misdirect but again as i thought more about it over the weekend it just bothered me more and more when i think of these aspiring filmmakers who've worked for years on scripts or projects or ideas it's like you can't be funded because we got to get 40 million dollars to a project that's going to look like it was shot for five thousand dollars like it's just bothering me a bit so i do hope it was one giant big misdirect and again forgive me for using the show as my own cathartic outlet to kind <laughs> of express these problems I and mean, theories your and-
2: name's on the youtube <laughs> channel man go crazy I just, I just, <laughs> this has really
0: been bothering me all weekend and it really should anyway rob I-, I mean you've had some time to think about
1: we were discussing a little bit before the show started but what are your thoughts on this i perplexed i'm still perplexed because you know this is a classic show i grew up with it i understand why rob zombie it's probably a, a big touchstone for him also growing up with it and i looked at this and and i'm thinking it's not even retro In it looks retro but the but the the dialogue and the scenarios and the acting was it was
2: there was acting
1: yeah <laughs> I, I mean it was well, i i i don't know what it was and i don't know like what is this tone hmm. it, it wasn't he didn't Strike something that was unique to him. It was just this generic, like when you when I think back to the nineteen sixties, generic monster or something or other. This would be it, but it would be something that you would read like as part of a bazooka Joe comic <laughs> that was on a piece of bubble gum. Yeah. I mean, it was not. There was no sophistication there. There was no knowing, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're monsters kind of a thing, especially. When you've got shows like What We Do in the Shadows, on TV, which by the way made a triumphant return, oh,
2: so good, when was you,
1: so funny. I mean, that's that would be if you're not if you're not working on that level, and this was not that.
0: Uh, I think you're in real trouble. By the way, somebody in the live chat and forgive I missed the name, so I didn't see it. Somebody in the live chat said, "This looks the think of it. This looks like a Munster's porn parody." without at least having the sex in it. Yeah. That's exactly that's what, what it looked. like. It looked like a, a porn parody mm-hmm. of The monsters. Well, I don't know. What well, we talked you.
2: about when Amy was here was the porn parody is going to have a higher production value. <laughs> <laughs> like this, And Amy's the only person excited about that. And this. better acting. <laughs> Amy was very Amy was excited about this. this. She's in San Diego, uh, by the way, everyone. So calm down, calm down. Amy's alive <laughs> and well. Um, this looks ridiculous. I mean- I did have somebody, somebody tweeted us the black and white version of this where it was a full trailer in black and white and that does help it and then it leans into making it, oh, maybe this is just a true love letter to the series and it's going to have this like culty campy vibe to it. But if this is a bait and switch, we need to hurry up and do the switch part like right quick because I'm so uninterested. I mean, it'll be,
0: listen, if it is a bait and switch, (laughs) it's going to be one of the best ever done. Like, it'll be awesome. Like, I will be seriously impressed if it is, but again, it, even if it is like they're they're leaning so much into the homage of it that they're just making it not good, I still don't see forty million dollars. No. That's the that's the problem. Even if it isn't an homage. Again, maybe it's a bait and
3: switch. So, so uh, someone in the chat pointed out that it is rated PG, right? I it's believe everything it's,
2: they've <laughs> released has said it's rated PG so far.
3: Right. So that might be the only thing about switch too being a bait and switch. Too. Well, bait switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see that's only I don't
0: know. I mean, I just anyway, guys. Question is for you. Again, that wasn't even a news item. I just really wanted to talk about it, damn it. Thank you for indulging me. Question is for you. What are your thoughts now on this Munsters trailer now that we've had a number of days to marinate on it a bit? Do you see a grand master plan here? Or do you just see a wasted $40 million? I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to find out. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's now get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the show? That's easy. You guys come up with them. We need you. Because whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncambiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It is absolutely free. Hit submit. And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here
2: on the John Campion Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic is from Mateen. Hey, John, I was really heartbroken when I read a post by S- Buster Stallone that he has no ownership in the Rocky franchise, but also that he has nothing of the franchise to pass down to his kids. He's calling for Erwin Wickler to give his part of the franchise that he can pass down. What do you guys think of the situation? Thanks and bring on the filthy.
0: All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And I remember it was with a little bit of shock a while ago that Variety had run an interview with Stallone. And this is going back a ways. And Stallone revealed that he he said that he has zero ownership of, of the Rocky franchise. And I remember being surprised by that when I read it. I'll be honest with you, Rob. This is one of those situations where I feel a little conflicted and a little torn. Because on the one hand, what we as fans want to do is like, how dare they? They should give Rocky to Stallone. I mean, he is Rocky and he is Rocky. And the part of me thinks that too, right? On the other hand, I think he has made so much money on the Rocky franchise that he, his children, his children's children, and his children, I mean, he's made generational wealth. Oh, yeah. That he can pass on to his family forever. Right. And he, what do you always say? It's not about what you deserve. It's it's what you negotiate. It's what you negotiate. And and if he didn't negotiate that and and he accepted money in in lieu of ownership or whatever, I I mean, again, it's, I'm torn because part of me really feels like, well, he is Rocky. The other half of me feels like you made generational wealth and you signed the deals you signed. So I'm a little bit torn. This is what Sylvester Stallone wrote. This comes to us from his own social media where he wrote this. Uh, I'm sorry, this, did I get the right one here? Oh, yeah. He says, also, says Stallone, after Irwin, that is the producer who does control all the Rocky franchise. After Irwin controlling Rocky for over 47 years and now Creed, I really would like have at least a little of what's left of my rights back before passing it on to only your children. I believe that would be a fair gesture from this 93-year-old gentleman. This is a painful subject that eats at my soul because I wanted to leave something of Rocky for my children. And that, again, comes to us from Sylvester Stallone. And, again, I'm, I am torn. It's, it's, it's not like Sylvester Stallone, who conceived of, wrote and starred in the original Rocky. It's not like he got gypped and he's penniless and he only made... Like what we find out of some comic book creators got $5,000. Thank you for creating that character that we just made $100 billion on. Stallone has made unspeakable wealth over the years on this. Plenty to pass down to his kids. But at the same time, he conceived of, wrote, whatever. I, I I am torn, especially when you look at the details of the agreement. It's like nobody at any, it. it appears to me that nobody at any stage along the way did somebody wrong Stallone. Like, it, it never looked like he got duped or he got tricked. Like, nope. he just. This is just the way it worked out. So part of me feels like, yeah, the Stallone estate should stand to benefit from the the uh, iconic legacy of Rocky that Sylvester built. On the other hand, he did make a hell of a lot of money and has stuff to pass down to his kids and the deals that were made and I mean, I don't know, Rob, you hear about this. This is a tricky one that comes up a lot. How do you see this? one?
1: Well, I, I can't. First of all, he did post a picture of Erwin Winkler uh, that he had drawn with a serpent coming out of his mouth. I with, know, that, no, oh. with a knife. Coming oh, and out it was a knife, self. and yeah, tongue he's tongue surrounded a by a serpent. A serpent, yeah. yes. And I, you know, I looked at that, and I thought to myself, okay, let's go back to 1975 or whenever when he was trying to get this movie made. Nobody wanted to make it. Nobody wanted to make it with him in the lead role because he was an unknown. You know, he'd been in like Death Race two thousand and soft porn, like the Italian well, Stallion. This, this, the victory, the soccer film he did that, was that came bo- out later. It did come out that later. That okay, I was, was going to ask you that. Okay. Yeah, because he made After Rock. But the thing about the thing about so he creates this thing. He gets to it turned him into an international star overnight. You know, the movie won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, and after that, to make a Rocky two, a Rocky three, they had to they had to put a back a Brinkstruck up to him. It's so like you pointed out, he's made tons of money. Now the thing is, when you are starting out, what if Rocky had failed? You never would have heard about him again, you know, but still Stallone made a deal with the one man, well, it was Erwin Winkler and Robert Chartoff who believed in him. And I so he' was yeah, willing
0: to put the money up well, for we it. We put the money up
1: for it. That's it, that's the end of the story. Because it doesn't matter what happens afterwards, you have to protect yourself, sure. But I heard what I read today that he got paid $10 million as a producer, star and writer on Creed. Plus, yeah. he probably has. So I think he did for both films. Yeah, both films. He not, he's not in Creed 3, but he has a producer credit, a fee. Where's the problem? Like, the thing is, when you go and you go to a financier and you sell your idea and you get to make it, or let's say, you know, you buy a piece of art. And, and you're, you, the artist sells you a piece of art. You're a patron of his. The artist is unknown. That artist explodes and you're able to sell his piece of artwork at a hundred times what you bought it for. Are you obligated to then go back to the artist and go, hey man, I made like $10 million on your art. Here's $2 million just because I made a lot of it money. It would be a very nice gesture. Yeah, it would, be a nice, it would be a nice gesture, but that isn't business. And this ain't show friends, as Bob Sugar said, it's show business. And I think, look, we all love Stallone. But he's made a ton of money. I'll tell you something. It makes me hark back to Dean, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, who made uh, Stargate. Stargate was turned into how many TV shows by MGM? 24. They have no rights. The creator of the Stargate (laughs) franchise, well, both of them, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, have no rights to any of the TV shows. Because when they got their distribution deal, they didn't have a deal for spinoffs or anything like that. And how many, there was like 10 years of Stargate SG-1? There's a lot of money that was made, and they got nothing, and they created that franchise. Hollywood's a tough business, man, but Stallone was lucky in that you made how many Rocky movies and each one? You got paid more and more and more and more and more money. I mean, hell, he got his brother Frank doing music in Rocky Four. I mean, this is, this is a family franchise where everybody made a shit ton of money not to mention merchandising. I don't know if he had likeness approval. I don't know what, but like you pointed out, John, he has got to have made generational wealth. When you say we're talking over somewhere between, I would imagine somewhere between $100 million to a $1 billion over the last 40 years. That 40- is a wide gap. Yeah, for, it's a wide, <laughs> it is a wide gap. I mean, I have no... I have no,
0: between $5 and $70 but, but billion. I, mean, dollars. I, have no,
1: I have no idea, but if you think about the fact that, and, and, but if you invest that money well, so he gets 10 million dollars for Creed and 10 million dollars for Creed 2. That's that's 20 million bucks that he made and Rocky came out in, what? 76. So you're talking 45 years of Rocky? There's a lot of money and if you take that money and he's not a smart he's not a stupid man. He's a businessman. Oh, he's man. brilliant. And he's 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 probably invested that money. I mean, Planet Hollywood, he was investor in that. They made he's worth 400 million. What? He's worth, he worth, they say yeah, 400 million, which I, I actually would have thought it might have even been. But bigger.
2: what about his children? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I mean, there's four of them, so it's only 100 million. Only
2: 100 it's million each. I mean, come on. There's babies.
0: Chris, you hear about this. What do you think?
2: I don't understand what he wants to pass down to them other than money, and he has that. Like, did he want them to be able to write the next Rocky 5000? Like, what, what, what is the thing he wanted from this?
0: That was a nice uh, Spaceballs reference there. Yeah. I appreciate Thank that you. very much. Game
2: recognized game. I just don't understand the, the IP that he wants to pass down to them. Did he want them to take on the franchise? And then it's spinoffs of his kids and they take on the reins of this and they start writing things? Because it feels like that's not what they want. I think everyone here just wants the money. And I don't want to speak for anyone's wants or hopes and dreams. But it feels weird to go back and be like, man, this this deal that I cut, I really regret it. And that person's a bad person for making that deal with me. <laughs> this happens to actors all the time, right? There's a reason why a lot of times your agents will try to talk you into buyouts. So you'll do something and it's, oh, it's going to be a flat rate fee, but let's get that money all at once, right? Yep. And then the project goes well and then you don't get any of those tasty back end points. You don't get residuals. You don't get things like that. This happens every day to actors, just not on this scale. So... Unfortunately, he made a deal that wasn't great for him in the long term or as good as it could have been. I was going to say, it worked out pretty well. I mean, he's got an ass load of money. Like, that is the scientific term. He has an (laughs) ass load of money for his family. Uh, Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not fair.
1: And a whole career. Rambo. You know, it's not like he hasn't been making movies. He's in a new Tyler Sheridan series, Mm Tulsa King, which I've heard, I haven't started watching it. I've heard good things about it. It's supposed to be great. Yeah, I'm like, He's not doing
2: so He's bad. Got his action franchise with everyone. What is it? The Expendables. The Expendables. Oh, the Expendables. Now listen,
0: go. I will change my tune. Again, I, I'm torn, but I will change my tune if Stallone starts talking about. I'm, I'm a huge Stallone fan, but if Stallone starts talking about specific things that duped him out of his rights, or for sure, or they maneuvered and cheated him out of his rights, right? Like if, if we find that out, that's a different story altogether. But, again, this isn't like somebody, a guy who created this character, went on to
1: make billions, and he got a $5,000 check. So, again, I, I'm saying I am uh, torn. Another thing, at any time, if he wanted to, he could have self-financed this franchise. Mm-hmm. He could have gone in and said to Robert uh, Chartoff and Erwin Winkler, like, you know, uh, if we're going to make Rocky three, why don't I put up the money? But did he have that option, honestly? I don't know if he did. But, Probably but, not. Like, if they own but, the rights
0: to it, then they have mean, first.
1: But then they wouldn't have, the, if, he, if they were self financed their whole thing, they wouldn't, because it was MGM, I think, they could have controlled it. They could have taken the franchise to another distributor. They could have done all different kinds of things. But they didn't. All right, guys, question is for you. Uh, Stallone is saying, I, I mean, I don't have any ownership
0: in Rocky, and I would love to be able to pass an IP down to my family. That's, of course, understandable. But didn't he already get a lot to pass down to his family? I mean, I don't know. However you guys think about this situation, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a quick second here and thank a sponsor of our video. These are guys I have worked with and used a number of times in videos and even one of my own movies, our good friends over at Storyblocks. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Storyblocks. Guys, I have been an enthusiastic fan and user of Storyblocks For years. I go to them whenever I'm in need of content creation assets like royalty free music, video clips, or templates for my creative projects, ranging anywhere from little editorial videos to my very own full feature documentary. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories, videos, and projects to life without sacrifices due to time, budget, or access to resources. They have over 1 million different story assets, ranging from stock videos, audio, and music, an in browser video editor, and they feature pre designed templates, animations, and outros. Storyblocks uses an affordable subscription model and their unlimited access plans offers well, unlimited video and audio downloads rather than a costly pay-per-clip model. With Storyblocks you'll be able to create more content and more importantly, better content, all while using a subscription plan that fits your budget, utilizing unlimited downloads of demand driven and diverse content. So if you're interested in upping your content creation game, head over to www.storyblocks.com campia and get started today that's www.storyblocks.com campia and a big thank you to our friends at Storyblocks honestly guys if, if you are a content creator or want to get into content, content creation I cannot recommend Storyblocks enough check out their link and the promo codes down in the description of this video because when you support our sponsors you're actually supporting us so thank you again to Storyblocks alright guys with that down Let's move into main topic number two. Chris,
2: what is our second main topic today? Our second topic comes from Box Office Fan. More on the crazy Bob Iger and Bob Chapek drama. It's getting reported from people at Disney that Iger picked picked for Chapek as this new CEO was not liked by some in Disney who didn't want Chapek a CEO. Iger calls Chapek his biggest mistake and he wishes he had stayed during the virus to run Disney. Iger says he purportedly viewed JPEC as, quote, arrogant and uninterested in other people's opinions. Damn. This is some crazy stuff. <laughs> the Bobs don't like each other. All
0: right. Thanks for sending that in box office, fan. And uh, look, it this is interesting. Now, look, everybody knows that while I was very much in the corner of Bob ChaPek when they hired him, it's it, it's a pick that made sense on paper. I was all for it. I have come as a disney fan to really regret the fact that they have hired bob chape to the degree that i have not been a fan of his handling of the company up until now that doesn't mean i'm not cheering for him to turn the boat around and to learn some lessons again how many times have we said he took over the job under the worst circumstances in the history of corporate america i mean he couldn't have taken over disney in any worse circumstances so you gotta cut him some slack on that i've said that for a long time but i'm not a particularly big fan of the way he's manage this company and we've gone into that into exhausting detail before we've also known that bob chapek and bob Iger had a falling out and that the two no longer speak some say they were actually at a at a uh some kind of moguls retreat at one point yeah and they said hello to each other and that was it and they were like and they they stopped communicating with each other even while bob Iger was still chairman of disney they just had a massive rift never went anywhere well now business insider via the new york post is now saying it goes even further than that. That even before leaving his position as the chairman of the board of Disney, Bob Iger completely regretted his decision in tapping Bob Chapek to be his successor. This comes to us from the folks over the New York Post who wrote the following. Ex-Disney boss Bob Iger is still reportedly unhappy about the way the Mouse House handled his exit and considers naming naming his current CEO, Bob Chapek, as his successor, one of his quote-unquote worst business decisions. Iger, who stepped down as Disney CEO in early 2020, just before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, came to regret his decision as the scope of the challenge facing the company became clear, according to the report. Iger quickly chafed at Chapek's leadership style and reportedly found his successor to be a quote-unquote novice in responding to talent management concerns, which is obvious, and uh, politics-adjacent disputes. Iger also purportedly viewed Chapek as arrogant and uninterested in other people's opinions, this, of course, comes to us from the New York Post. Okay. There's a couple of thoughts I have here. Number, first, let me preface it by saying this. Everybody knows I'm a huge Papa Iger fan. I have now read his book. I've taken his master class on one of our sponsors, masterclass. Go check them out. Uh, numerous times. I am a huge fan of his. He is the man. That being said. The reality is Bob Chapek is the CEO of Disney now. And back a while ago, I think it was about a month ago, when we discussed the fact that one of Disney's heirs was trying to mount an opposition to Bob Chapek's salary, we said at the time on this show, there is no way the board is going to cut Bob Chapek's salary. Because that would make it look like the board doesn't have confidence in their CEO. And if it looks like the board doesn't have confidence in the CEO, that will hurt hurt stock price. The shareholders will be unhappy. And I said, there's no way they're gonna cut a salary. No way. So obviously they did when his with his three-year contract up, they renewed it for another three years. No surprise. We all knew that was gonna happen. They had to. But at this point. <clears throat> It is incredibly juicy to hear that Bob Iger has regretted the decision almost from day juicy. one. Because I regret the de- I regret his decision too. Juicy. juicy. I, I also regret his decision. Right. I also regret the decision that he made. But at this point, it's done. Now, at this point, while it is the job of people like me who are pundits and commentators on the industry to praise and be critical of each little step that happens, yes. But now, if you're on Disney's side, if you're Bob Iger, whatever, none of this coming out is particularly constructive. I mean, it does paint a clear picture. Look, at this point, I will say that Bob Iger was wrong in selecting Bob Chapek to be CEO. People like me were wrong who said this was a good pick. It hasn't worked out to be all that great. It it just hasn't. Um, And I will still keep fingers crossed that the doom of. Also, the article in Business Insider goes on to talk about specifically the way Bob Chapek reorganized the leadership there, uh, which was completely counter to the culture that Bob Iger had set up, which was a culture that gave more authority and decision making power to the creatives. Bob Chapek stepped in and stripped that power away and instead put business suits in charge over creatives. And that has hurt a lot of things. So it is what it is. I'm not surprised to hear it, but it doesn't really change anything at this point. Anyway, Chris, you hear about Iger now saying he regrets the decision. He thinks it's the worst decision he ever made uh, business-wise. Uh, what is you your takeaway from this?
2: Well, I'm really glad you brought up the structural upheaval here because honestly, going into his like tenure here, Chebeck had a lot against him, right? We had... COVID-19. We've had a lot of political issues that have come up as well. And a lot of that is stuff that anyone would have struggled with, right? Given the position. However, those changes of putting suits in place of creative work have really, really just bit him in the ass time and time again. And that's where Biweiger really, really was amazing, right? Listening to people who had creativity, who had a vision, who knew what they wanted to do and add magic into stuff at Disney. Magic is the proponent of everything at Disney. Why would you take it away? (laughs) And Chapek just really doing a very kind of nickel and dimed business approach to everything has not panned out and has really, really hurt the culture of that company as well. I mean, whenever we hear somebody saying that they're not happy about this, it's tens of thousands of people, it feels like, are all on the same page of, gosh, Bob Chapek really is kind of just screwing the pooch here from an internal affairs situation. So it makes sense that Iger would be disappointed in how everything has shaken out, especially since they had such a personal falling out as well. It's very interesting to me that he would be publicly stating this now. I don't know. It feels (laughs) it feels a little like, girls, you're both pretty. We don't need to fight. (laughs) But I'm interested to see what he wants out of publicly saying this about JPEC now. You know what I mean? I'm not sure what the value is. And also being like, yeah, I agree. He is a douche.
0: Unless he's setting himself up to come back as daddy. Don't worry, everybody. Daddy's going to come yep. make it all better. Which is what... Are,
2: you know, Rob, it, it,
0: additionally to what Chris was saying, like <clears throat> there wasn't probably a better corporate environment than Pixar for a long time. And for the last year and a bit, all we've been hearing coming out of Pixar is that creatively a lot of people feel despondent. They feel like on the, they're on the outside now the way that Disney has... Managed Pixar. The mm-hmm. Pixar employees are upset with the way their films and the projects have been handled. Uh, there has been an exodus of people leaving Pixar. I, I don't know. You hear these comments
1: from Bob Iger. What's your takeaway from this? What, what's what's strange to me is that Bob Chapek has always been a Disney corporate animal, you know, and and their corporate structure has always been something he existed in. I I had I've never met him, but during the days I worked on Disney special features. In the early aughts bob chapek was very well thought of in home video circles because disney home video was such a vi- vibrant part of the company yes, mm-hmm. and with pixar and all that so chapek was a great guy when it came to but what he didn't have any of like especially when you read bob Iger's book i mean bob Iger meeting people like frank sinatra he had experiences with talent and understood how show business worked in terms of relationships that talent has i mean so much of show business is is who you know and how you know them and handshake deals. And Bob Chapek has none of that, none of that. And as we've brought Lucasfilm into the fold and as we brought Marvel into the fold and we still have Pixar, all of those creative relationships are incredibly important to Disney because the results of those creative endeavors are what fuel everything else. The theme parks, all that stuff. And it always seems strange to me that I understand that probably within the Disney corporate structure, Chapek was at the top. It was his turn. Like he was heir apparent, if only if all what you're looking at is Disney corporate. But no one has Bob Iger's handshake man appeal. Let Machiavellian kind of let me broker this deal. Let me fix this problem. Let me sacrifice John Carter so I can get Star Wars. You know, I mean, the Bob Bob Iger the man who could do that. Chapek was not, and I think that Chapek was thrown into a. It wasn't that. He was thrown into a swimming pool he'd never been swimming in before. And, and that was the problem. He wasn't thrown into the deep end of a pool. He was thrown into a pool that he'd never waters. He'd never swam. And Ooh. and you can't expect a person like that to suddenly like, oh, let me let me handle this Scarlett Johansson situation. Let me handle what's going on here. Like we screwed you over, screwed your movie over. We're not going to release it, you know, the way we were supposed to. And you have a deal. But let's cause a public feud between one of our biggest stars. That was; Those are huge missteps, mm-hmm. and they just keep happening. And I can understand why Bob Iger's like, I'm frustrated. Anyway,
0: guys, question is for you. What do you make of this Bob Iger? It's coming out now that Bob Iger feels that tapping Bob Chapek to be his heir apparent was the worst business decision he's ever made. I, I, I don't know what's your thoughts on that at this point. Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below. And leave those thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris,
2: what is our third main topic today? This one comes from Joshua Bird. There have been rumors for years that Chris Pratt was going to be the next Indiana Jones. Pratt's not my favorite actor, but I always thought he'd probably be a good fit. But I guess that's all pointless now because Pratt is saying he won't do it because Ford doesn't want anyone else playing it. Do you think that's a good reason to turn down a role if it was offered to him? All right,
0: thanks a lot for saying that in. And you're not kidding. It, this has been a rumor that's been around for years and has been very, very persistent. And I'm not going to lie. I've heard some insider chatter about it as well, that ultimately, when Harrison Ford was ready to hang up the fedora, that Chris Pratt was going to be the next Indiana Jones. And I agree with you. When I first heard it, I thought, that's actually not a bad selection. I mean, again, to me, X actor, X role, there's a lot of great actors who could step in and be Indiana Jones next. Chris Pratt could be one of them. I mean, that could have been fun. That could have been worked worked very well. However, Pratt, as now I think it was on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, he came out and said, no, I know ain't ever going to happen. I won't do it. And his explanation is actually kind of interesting. This comes to us from the folks over at IndieWire who write the following. I don't even know who Steven Spielberg is. Who? Steven who? Pratt joked on the podcast before saying no. Aren't they doing Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford? All I know is that I once saw a quote from Harrison Ford, and I don't even know if it was really him. It was, by the way, Uh, but it was enough to scare me. That was like, when I die, Indiana Jones dies. And I'm like, am I going to get haunted by the ghost of Harrison Ford one day when he dies if I play? Ford, who recently turned 80, previously said on the Today Show in 2019 that the iconic adventurer character begins and ends solely with his performance. Don't you get it? I'm Indiana Jones. Ford said at the time, when I'm gone, he's gone. It's easy. And get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) So that's, of course, uh, coming to us from IndieWire. All right. Number one, it should be noted that we don't have any factual information that claims that studios actually approached Chris Pratt to actually say we want you as Indiana Jones. The rumors have persisted for years, and I have heard some insider chatter, but again, nothing official. So let's keep that in mind. So if you are Chris Pratt, though, is it a good reason to, say, turn down a role like Indiana Jones? Because Harrison Forrest said, I am Indiana Jones, and when I die, Jones is gone, and Jones is done. I'll say this. I respect that decision. I respect that decision. Although I do not believe the studio should be beholden to it, let me explain what I mean. If I'm Chris Pratt, let me. If I'm Chris Pratt's buddy, and he says to me, "I'm going to turn down Indiana Jones," let's say he was offered it. I'm going to turn it down because you know, listen, Harrison Ford. I grew up watching Harrison Ford, edit, and Harrison Ford said, "When he dies, Jones dies," and I got to respect that. So I wouldn't play him. I respect that. I I, I think that's actually great. Do I think that means the studio should never again make an Indiana Jones movie? No, I I don't believe that at all. I'm not saying they should make more Indiana Jones movies, but I'm saying if Disney and Lucasfilm decide they want to make more Indiana Jones movies after Harrison Ford isn't playing it anymore, Harrison, you weren't even the guy who was supposed to play him in the first place. (laughs) It was supposed to be Tom Selleck. And of course, you are Indiana Jones now, make no mistake about it, but- the IP transcends the actor playing it. James Bond has had many people playing the character. Hell, Dumbledore has had many people <laughs> playing him. I mean, if if and only if, sometime five, ten years from now, Lucasfilm Disney decides, hey, we've got a great Indiana Jones adventure idea. Or somebody came to us with a great script for it. And we I don't think you go, ah, but Harris is not here anymore, so we can't make it anymore. Yes, he can. And uh, I so I totally respect actors like Chris Pratt or maybe others who might go, hey man, we idolize Harrison Ford. So Harrison Ford didn't want anybody else to do it, so we're not going to do it. Totally respect that. I think that's great. But in no way, shape or form do I think Disney or, or Lucasfilm should be beholden to that if they so
1: choose. Rob, you hear about this. What do you make of it? Well, I, look, I agree with you. I think any actor, we've proven time and time again that actors can be replaced in signature roles. But here's what I would say more than anything else. I would rather see new IPs created. It seems strange to me that we keep going back and we recycle these characters that were part of an era. Like James Bond was created by Ian Fleming during the cold war in the fifties, you know, and they keep like, I wonder part of the reason we aren't going to get a James Bond movie in the next couple of years is I think they really are trying to figure out, well, how do we, how do we set, how do we do a James Bond movie? We've got the mission impossible franchise that has been smoking us for the last couple of years, like we can't. So how do you make these franchises stay relevant? Mm-hmm. And to me, like what are, what's Hollywood gonna do in 30 or 40 years? Are they gonna remake these franchises again? Where I think creating new franchises is where they should be looking. Why not retire? I like what Harrison Ford says. Indiana Jones is a character that existed from 1981 to what's going to be 2023. That's a substantial chunk of the history of motion pictures you know that that one guy plays that character let him die i understand chris pratt he's a religious man he might really believe that harrison ford is going to come (laughs) back and haunt his ass for the rest of his life now do i think they i think chris pratt if they did he'd be good he kind of looks like harrison ford i think he's got that charm and he could make that kind of a film but you know again the indiana jones franchise was sort of franchise was a product of the 80s they made kingdom of the crystal skull in the Ots. we're getting another one in 2023 he's going to be 80 years old almost 81 when it finally comes out do we need that maybe the movie's gonna be great i hope it's great let, let me but, challenge
0: you on that just just for a second though because when you met you mentioned why not make new ip i don't know that the that those two things are mutually exclusive right like you mentioned the james bond situation sure. right like We've had great James, some not so great, but also some great James Bond films in the last 15, 20 years. So they have continued to make James Bond films while making new IP like sure. uh, Born and, and things like that, right? So you can do both. Like you can make more Indiana Jones films in the future and make other swashbuckling adventure kind sure. of films at the same time. But then would they be doomed to be compared to Indiana, Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones? I mean, that's another question, too. Chris, you hear about this. What's your takeaway?
2: I mean, first of all, how noble to turn down a role that no one has given you. How, <laughs> that we know of. What, what a man! That we know of. of. <laughs> um, what a guy. That—that's honestly, though, the big takeaway for me is like, okay, well, I mean, if—if if you were in negotiations, cool. But I don't know if you are in negotiations, so I'm kind of whatever on this, to be completely honest. Like the way you turned
0: down Galadriel for the new Lord you know, of the Rings You know, I thought that was that really big That was very big, big of me. you a couple of I years ago. I thought
2: so. I'm just too like, big of a listen. fan. In
1: deference to Kate.
2: I'm too close yep. to the material. I don't look enough like Kate. My British accent is trash. <laughs> um, like, I I kind of understand Harrison Ford's thing here of it being his role. When right? I die, he dies. Yeah. But, but like you were saying, though, I mean... The studios, if they have the rights to it, they're going to reboot it. They're going to keep doing this stuff. So I can understand actors making that decision for themselves and saying, hey, you know what? No, that's an actor that I respect. That's a character I admire. That's not for me. Um, But again, once there actually is a big talk and actual casting calls happening, that's when I'll be more interested to hear who's turning down what. All right, guys.
0: Question is for you. What do you think about this? Actors like Chris Pratt saying, hey, I wouldn't play Indiana Jones because Harrison Ford said he doesn't want anybody else playing Indiana Jones. I mean, do you respect that? Do you think he should, he should do it anywhere or another actor should do it anyway? Should Lucasfilm and Disney make more Indiana Jones films in the future if they so choose? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four.
2: Chris. What is our fourth main topic today? Our fourth topic comes from Timothy Pence. Greetings, John and team. So, John, I know you didn't like Thor and Love and Thunder as much as Ragnarok. And last week you said you didn't see it catching Ragnarok's box office total of 854 million. Well, Love and Thunder has passed 700 million in just 10 days, despite some of the mixed reviews. I want to know if you still think it can't catch Ragnarok or if you think it has a better chance now. Thanks.
0: All right, Timothy, thanks for sending that in. Now, okay, look, yes, you're right over a week ago, we were talking about the box office for Thor Ragnarok. And the question came up and was posed. Do I think Thor love and thunder can catch the overall box office of Thor Ragnarok? Of course it's opening weekend was bigger than Thor Ragnarok's opening weekend, but did I see it catching the overall box office for Thor Ragnarok? And I said, I say unto thee, nay, nay, it cannot catch Thor Ragnarok. I said, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to make a lot of money, but the reality is, you know, the as I said over a month ago, the the silly sense of humor will not be for everybody. I don't think it has the same rewatchability as Thor Ragnarok did, and I don't see it generating that same reaction for people seeing it, going to other people saying, "You gotta come watch this" as Thor Ragnarok did. So I said, no, don't see it catching. Now that said, last night as I started to put the show notes together for today, I saw a report in um, Box Office Mojo showing that thor wreck or thor 11 thunder had passed 700 million dollars and in a very bad scooby-doo impression i said oh like uh, <laughs> maybe my prediction that it can't catch ragnarok might be wrong whoops um now then i saw a report out of like variety saying 500 million so then i went to Track. now for those of you've never heard of Track rent track is the official box office global box office data collection organization that everybody gets their information from when the movie theaters collect their money for box office tonight they send their report to rent track now they don't have an official website they don't post these numbers so it's not a problem but the report coming out of rent track was 700 million dollars so i'm like oh okay well it's if rent track and box office mojo saving 700 million so Uh, I might have to start explaining why I was so wrong about Love and Thunder not catching Ragnarok. (laughs) However, this morning, uh, Rentrack and Box Office Mojo updated their information and set it to that $500 million number. So, Timothy, uh, Thor Love and Thunder did not make $700 million in 10 days. It did, however, still get about $500 million in 10 days, which is Still impressive, but it allows me to safely still say on my prediction that it will not catch Thor Ragnarok at the box office. Thank goodness. Um, Now, it also took a 68% drop at the box office, which I know a lot of people want to make a big deal out of. To me, it's not batting an eye. That's about the same. That is pretty much exactly the same as what Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness dropped. That's about exactly the same as Spider-Man No Way Home dropped. Again, Marvel movies have really become a thing where... People who want to see a Marvel movie generally rush out to see it opening weekend. Then it all depends on word of mouth. So the sixty-eight percent drop, especially for a hundred and forty-plus million-dollar opening, not that terribly unusual. Like you get a, a, a Top Gun, which has a much more impressive second weekend drop off. But you know that's the exception; it's it's not the rule. So not that big of a deal. So ultimately, five hundred million in ten days. You're pretty happy with that, but bottom line is, I still believe I'm going to be totally right, and this thing is not going to catch Thor Ragnarok. It just doesn't have that rewatchability that it has. It's just, in my opinion, it's just not as good of a movie as Thor Ragnarok. So I'm going to sit on that. Anyway, Rob, about 500 million in 10 days, nothing to sneeze at. No, it does have a of a higher second weekend drop number than we're used to seeing for most movies. What's your big takeaway from it?
1: Look, I think that I think that. This movie, as I said, we've talked about it on the show, is unbalanced. I think the humor overshadows the awesomeness, call it that, I don't know. And I think that that is problematic, because I think that people... Ragnarok had a really interesting balance of humor and also really weighty themes. This film had really weighty themes too. But the humor, I think, overshadowed that. And I think this needed a little bit more genuine, real emotion and pathos where you weren't laughing all the time. like, And also, Thor was a bit diminished in this movie in terms of the humor. They kind of made him kind of a, I don't know, a goof. Like, I, I didn't believe that this Thor is the same Thor that was in the end of Infinity War and at the beginning of Endgame. I didn't see much of that Thor in this movie. And I think that people wanted, they liked that balance. Like, Thor can get away with it. When you first meet Thor, you know, he's having, with Jane in, in the first Thor in, and he, he's like drinking out of his glass and smashes it on the ground. I mean, that could go either way, but it worked. It worked for the character established. you know, he's a Norse hero and God of Thunder. Why wouldn't he? More Grog, wench, smashing the glass down. That was legit humor that I believe came out of the character. This movie skewed. And I think when people go to it, they didn't get out of this movie what they wanted from a Thor movie. It was too goofy. Like you said, we needed more sixty-five, thirty-five in terms of the humor, and I think that's—I think that's the only problem, and I think that is going to lead to diminished box office in the long run. But it's still for those haters out there, it's still doing very well. Oh yeah, it's still doing—I do, mean, you, well enough that you actually predicted it would catch Ragnarok. Yeah, I think I think it's got a possibility on a global level. But you know what else, John? Humor does not traditionally travel as well internationally. Because a lot of humor is colloquial. It's it's based in the culture that it's, it's, yep. it's... And I think that this film, I would imagine that the international numbers are not going to be as high as they could have been because a lot of the humor is very much American-based humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a problem too. Uh, again, I was saying before, I thought
0: this thing was going to come in like 65 to 70-something percent. Mm-hmm. It's still sitting at 80% audience rating, which is still yeah. su- surprising to me. Because, like I said, I I like the film. I do. Yeah, I think people do. But when I came out of it, I I told everybody, this thing leans way more into the silly, and I I think that's hurting the rewatchability. Anyway, Chris, you see these numbers, about 500 million in 10 days, 68% drop. I mean, what's your takeaway from it?
2: Well, it is a very typical drop from what we've seen from Phase 4 of Marvel this is almost the exact same number like you were saying. So and that all makes Chi, sense. Like Shang-Chi had that a did. lower
0: one, but Shang-Chi only made like $78 million exactly. in its opening weekend. And very, right? very
2: early days of the pandemic too. Yeah. Getting people to theaters was even more difficult than for a brand new character as well, right? So we have all of that. I will say though, the more people I talk to who aren't, like, hardcore MCU fans, they really enjoyed this. I, I got that and same sense. Yeah, yep. Yep. everyone I know who isn't super, super into it and maybe just needed a couple uh, clarifications on things where, yeah, I thought this was really fun. I really enjoyed this. I hope they keep going with this with the franchise. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the the people inside our bubble, right, are a bit more, oh man, I mean, it's fine, but it wasn't, it was no Ragnarok and it didn't deliver the the emotional impact I wanted and I'm one of those people too, right? I thought that we kind of wasted the emotional journey of Jane and things like that. So for me, this drop makes sense, but I don't know. With the humor, some people might still stick around.
1: I mean, but that, you, you made a good point. And I, I, that's something I didn't say. Like you just pointed out as well. People outside of the Marvel bubble like this movie more because it's more of a traditional comedy. Yeah. Mm. So you go yeah, to, that's a good point. and we haven't been getting traditional comedies in the theater. So people go and they watch this and they're like, wow, this is a big budget fantasy epic comedy. What's not to love? You know, and the people from the MCU, even myself, I'm guilty of this. I wanted something a little bit different. So to, I, again, that's
0: sixty-five, thirty-five. Yeah. Like instead of eighty percent silly, twenty percent serious, I would have liked the more Ragnarok-ish sixty-five, yep. thirty-five, and gone there. So let me let, let's update this. So I am clearly now that we're past the second weekend, it's about five hundred million. I still don't think it's going to catch. No. The eight hundred. Do you think it's going to catch Ragnarok now? No. Okay. So now you're no, Chris. No, you are also now me. no. Okay. So anyway. There you have it, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray is looking for a bet. <laughs> no,
4: Ray, I'm not. Yeah, no, no. No, no. Also, I just want to say, I ended up seeing it a second time um, yesterday because I had to take one of the girls that didn't get to see it the first time. And I had kept it in mind that everyone was saying, well, when you see it the second time, you're more forgiving or it just works better. And... Now this won't work if you're going to be like, well, I don't know. I'll go see it again, but I'm a hard sell, so they got to really impress me this time. No, no, <laughs> you just go in and just watch the movie with an open mind. I found that after the film ended, I, I, I thought to myself, because you, know you didn't jokes? Love it the first time you saw it. What's that? You didn't love it the first I, time you saw it. No, I liked it, and I did feel like oh, there was there was it was imbalanced. Okay, the second time I watched it, like my brain was trained or something, and <laughs> and and it was more accepting. Like the the comedy kind of washed over me a little gentler. And which I I will say with the comedy genre, the more you watch it, the more you become like more open to it. Like, especially if you're getting into like- That's um, true. If you're getting into stuff like Monty Python and stuff, the more you watch it, the more your brain kind of gets trained into like their stream of consciousness jokes. Mm -hmm. It literally just kind of washed over me and I I wasn't so uh, taken aback. And I found my mind was more focused on like Jane's struggle with cancer and the darker elements. And it literally felt, and this was not me just saying like, well, I'm going to change my mind about it. Like when I walked out of the theater, I thought, wow, that actually feels a little more balanced. And the comedy, I understood it better. It might be one of those movies that you have to watch it a couple more times. I mean, <laughs> it it's just I... how it works. I mean, I, I, I even like, I even felt like, wow, there was even some like, and I know I'm going too long, but quickly, the, the first scene where he kills that first God, it felt like a Terry Gilliam film, mm-hmm. uh, with that sun god. Yes. Even the way it was yeah. acted. You know what? That's
0: a it, holy, perfect yeah. example. Yeah.
4: It felt yeah. like a Terry Gilliam film. I'm like, oh my god! Like, I started noticing more nuances in that, like, directorial, like, what he was going for. I'm saying, just go in with a little open, more of an open mind. If you want to just stream it next time, whatever, that's fine. It works. The more you watch it, I, I, I will say that while I still don't think it, it compares to Thor Ragnarok,
0: I mentioned on the show that. I actually liked it a little bit more the second time I saw it. Just to, to go with what you're saying, Jonathan, I did like it a little bit more the second time I saw it than when mm-hmm. I saw it the first time. I, so there could be, again, I still don't think it's Ragnarok level, but yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Thor 11 Thunder has hit about, five, as of today, it has crossed $500 million, has crossed $500 million in about 10 days. What do you think about that? Do you think it's going to catch Thor Ragnarok? We asked you that last week. We'll allow you to change your prediction now that you've seen the second week numbers. Do you think it still can catch Thor Ragnarok? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number five. And we don't have an email from from, uh, one of our audience members for this. We're just going to go into this kind of like an off the top. But our fifth main topic is this. Now, of course, one of the biggest points of discussion going around for almost two years now since that Disney Investor Day call where they dropped all those announcements and everything. And they Kevin Feige came out and said, we're doing Fantastic Four has been who's going to be in the Fantastic Four. We thought we knew who was going to direct it, which was John Watts, director of Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home and No Way Home. Turns out he's not doing that, but he's doing a very interesting looking Star Wars show, which we'll talk about another time. But John Watts is no longer attached to it. He's gone. So they've got a new director. We just don't know who that is at this point. But the question is, who's going to play it? Will it be John Krasinski? Will it not be John Krasinski? Will it be, you know, there's been a lot of room, BS rumors going around about who will and will not be. Now, there is a report that has now come out that is claiming that Kevin Feige will announce the Fantastic Four cast at the upcoming D23. Now, let me say this about this report. To me, this is now I believe this comes from the Diz Insider, which is not super reliable. Like but it's not like they're not, like, they're, they're not <laughs> we got this covered. They're they're not that. They have said some things before in the past that actually do work out to be sure. true. Sure. But they're they're not the most reliable. Just just saying that. This to me feels a little bit like spaghetti on the wall. It's like one of those things where Somebody's so desperate for a scoop if there's a he-man movie coming out they'll go we can confirm through our sources that skeletor will be in the new he-man movie well like of course skeletor is going to be in the new (laughs) he-man movie you just said that to make it look like you knew what you're talking about listen we've said for a while on this show that we believe two things are going to happen we have no factual information to back this up we're just telling you what our what we we think is going to happen we think at comic-con we think what Marvel will do is showcase a lot of the stuff we know is coming, Uh, a a possible uh, Black Panther trailer, uh, uh, some footage from the Marvels, you know, highlight things from things we already know are coming, and then that Marvel will probably save the big boom announcements for their own event at D23. Whether or not that's the way it works out, we will have to wait and find out, and we'll see. But to me, if that is the case... One of the clear and obvious things that Marvel can do at D23, and what is the perfect venue to do such a thing, is to announce the cast of Fantastic Four. That's it. I mean, you probably announced the new director because I believe they already have the new director set. So you announce the new director and you announce the cast, at least a couple of the cast. Now, can I tell you that? My inside sources at Disney are telling me that's what's happening. Nope, can't tell you that. I, I, I don't know that. But it does seem like it makes sense for that to happen. So I'm saying I don't necessarily believe this report, but I do believe despite that, what is in the report may very well end up being true. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say I do believe that, number one, we're going to get the director announced, and it's not going to be Steven Spielberg. There was a report going yeah, around for a while that. that was going to be Steven Spielberg. And while, oh my God, that is a jizz rumor, I, I mean, I would lose <laughs> my mind if Steven Spielberg, I think I broke Chris, if Steven Spielberg were to come out on stage say, I'm directing Fantastic Four, that's like Kevin Feige giving the double efforts to everybody. Huh? How do you like that, huh? Spielberg is doing one of my movies. Um, I do not believe it's going to be Spielberg, but. Be cool. Holy crap. If It'd it was be so Spielberg. Just-tastic. Oh, it would be just I'm telling
2: you. It would so be. much merch is made on
0: this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Man. where's the t-shirt? Where is the t-shirt? So it, it, uh, it would be amazing. It would absolutely, be, but I do not believe it's, it's going to be Spielberg. I don't actually have any inside track on who it's going to end up being. Other than I still think, believe there's a very real chance it's going to be Krasinski. Again, no inside information. I, I just very much believe there's still a solid chance. And Rob, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. The very fact that they have not been highlighting the Reed Richards Illuminati appearance, like they have been for all the other Illuminati characters upon in, in all of Disney's promotional stuff, they have been highlighting Rambo's Captain Marvel. They've been highlighting Captain uh, uh, Captain Carter. They've been highlighting Black Bolt. They have not showcased, shown, or talked about John Krasinski's Reed Richards, and. You would be forgiven if you were to think, hmm, are they setting this all up for a big announcement that it could end up being Krasinski? Again, I have no insider information of that. That is simply me saying, I think there's a decent chance. I don't think a 90% chance. I would say probably 50-50. And there's been some other casting rumors going around as well. There's a lot of people that could play this. Anyway, Rob, we're heading into, we're getting close now. Obviously, this week, Comic-Con Con. Yep. And who knows maybe there's a possibility i don't think they will announce fantastic four who's going to be in it at comic-con i think that's it. but they could at any rate do you think either in comic-con or d23 by the end of d23 let me phrase it this way by the end of d23 what do you believe the chances are that we number one hear who the actual director is going to be for fantastic four and number two who is going to be playing the cast what do you think
1: i think we're going to get both i honestly think that they need to make a splash you know marvel likes to do that they haven't made a splash in a while they 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 read the fan tea leaves. They know that phase four has been sort of hit and miss. Making a splash of something gistastic. Love it. Keep keep <laughs> going, keep going.
0: That was terrible. That was awful. I instantly regretted saying it the moment wow. it came out of my mouth. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> He's so disappointed.
0: You <laughs> Jackman watching the John Campia show. What was
1: I saying? Um <laughs> <laughs> well no I'm so, so derailed they need to make a backsplash splash in the deep end uh, so no but I do think that they are going to announce because I think that the Fantastic Four movie in my mind I think in a lot of other people's minds is the end of phase four Marvel's Fantastic Phase Four and that will be the end and they're going to announce that and they're going to announce a release date and I'm sure they're a lot further along in the development of this movie than we even know they'll probably announce that it's going to start shooting in October. I mean, who knows? But I do think that we're going to absolutely get that, and and I also believe that we might get it at Comic Con. I mean, it's, it's, it's we Comic- might get it at Comic Con yeah. because D twenty three is great, but it is Comic Con, and it is the Fantastic Four and Marvel. I mean, I was in Hall H when Tom. Uh, Hiddleston came out as Loki. One of the greatest Comic ah. Con moments ever? ever. Ever. And I was, I was when they announced Age of Ultron, dude. I was like screaming that entire day in Hall H. Marvel owned, and that's what they want. They want seven thousand screaming fans. To, I mean, D twenty three is awesome, but they're not going to get the kind of response to Fantastic Four that they would get at Comic Con. I disagree. I, I, I disagree and, and i don't know that
0: i would have <laughs> if i were not at the last d23 because i was at the last
1: twenty three. admittedly i've never been to one so
0: i i was at the last d23 and like when shit when and mcgregor came on stage and they did that that best um kathleen ask me if i'm gonna be obi-wan again oh you are you gonna be obi-wan again yeah, it's <laughs> the explosion <laughs> and it was their own event. That's the thing. It was sure. Disney's event that they want to have all the attention on. But uh, uh, to your point, the last real Comic-Con they had, they brought out a little two-time two Academy, time <laughs> Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali out on stage as Kevin Feige did his best Steve Jobs and said, oh, there's one more thing and brought him announced to, to announce him his blade. Right. So to your point, they also did that.
1: Yeah, and I I just think, look, Comic-Con's a place to announce. It's not that D23 isn't, but D23 is full of all kinds of Disney announcements. Mm -hmm. You know, they are Disney princesses, Star Wars. But this, in particular, this one announcement is so important to the whole history of comic books. I think that would be the place to do it. they got plenty. They're going to release at D23. They're going to announce their next three or four years of whatever the hell they're going to do. But this is the end of Phase 4, it's the beginning of, it, it's not, it, they already announced the movie's coming out. It's mm-hmm. not like it's a new announcement. We're going to make this. Right. You know, like if they made an, an Avengers announcement at D23, that would make sense to me. Where's the Avengers movie? Here it comes. But this belongs to Comic-Con, and I think they're going to announce it at Comic-Con. All right, so Chris, mm-hmm.
0: Rob and I both kind of feel like they will announce, by the end of D23. Yeah. So we've gone through Comic-Con, we've gone through, by the end of D23, we're going to have director and cast announced. I kind of feel like at Comic-Con, they're just going to showcase stuff that we already know is coming. Like, Because, listen, they drop a Black Panther trailer. That's going to blow up Mm -hmm. Hall Hall H. They do all that kind of stuff. But I believe they're going to save any big announcements for D23. Either way, we both think it's going to come out. Yeah. Do you think that by the end of D23, we have these announcements? And if so, where do you think it's more likely they get dropped, at Comic-Con or at D23?
2: Ooh, so this is tricky, because this is our first big Comic-Con back. It right? is, where it's, where it's the first real legit fledged. Comic-Con back, yeah. And it's international Comic-Con, right? And no, not, not to throw any shade on D23, but Comic-Con is an institution, right? This is, this is a spiritual experience for some people. So I think a lot of these big, big announcements are going to be made at Comic-Con. I think that's where we're going to see more trailer drops and things. I think by D23 we for sure will have the cast though of Fantastic Four. I would like to think they'd get paraded out on stage at Comic Con because seeing that in Hall H, even when you're just streaming it, it's just so cool when the cast gets announced and everyone in the hall is freaking out and everything. Um, so I think they, I think they're gonna drop more stuff at at, at Comic Con. I really, really do. I, I wanna, I wanna go to D23 more than I wanna go to Comic Con, but. I think that's where everything's going to happen. And I, I really hope too that we get I personally would like John as you know Reed Richards. I thought he did such a great job and I think it's so good. I know people are talking about Penn Bagley doing it, the guy from You. Um yeah, I read that this weekend. Which I think he'd be fine too, but oh, I, keep, I think he'd, he'd be great. great. Who's
0: who's the kid in Top Gun Maverick? Um Glenn? Who plays Hangman. Glenn Powell. Yeah, yeah. Glenn about, Powell. So I've, been, I've been seeing some people say the dude from you. I've been seeing some mm-hmm. people say Glenn Powell. Yeah. Uh, both of those. This is, again, ex-actor yeah. and ex-role. Many people who play the role, great. I want Joe Carey to
2: play the human torch. <laughs> See, Glenn Powell hum- would
1: be a great human torch to me. Yeah. He's more Johnny
0: Storm than exactly. He would, He would be a good human torch, as a matter of fact. I mean, and then there have been a lot of BS rumors about the thing and all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. But, I mean, we're going to get it. And there's a good image of Glenn Powell. I mean, yeah, maybe he's a
2: good... A good successor to Chris mm-hmm. Evans's Human Torch. Ooh, ooh, what if what if its director finally gets nailed down at Comic Con? See,
0: I see. That's another thing, right? Mm-hmm. It could be that at Comic Con, say they march out the director, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, Quentin Tarantino. Boom. Then Tarantino comes out, and it's gonna he, be you know, so like, many
2: shots at Sue Storm's feet. <laughs> yes. But will you know? <laughs> it's gonna be magical. <laughs> Just facing in and out. <laughs> Many <laughs> shots of Sue
5: Storm's feet, mm. and, on. and
0: five shots—five shots of somebody from inside the trunk.
2: Exactly. It's always Quentin <laughs>
0: yeah. Tarantino. shoot Sue Storm's feet. margot Robbie is going to be Sue Storm. <laughs> um, you heard it
2: here first but, first. but no, actually,
0: that's a really great idea. That it, maybe they'll break that up. Maybe at one, or maybe at one, they'll announce, "Ladies and gentlemen, our Human Torch, Glenn Powell." Yeah. But then save the rest of the cast. I mean, you know what? You're right. I've been kind of assuming you show, announce the whole cast at one or the other. But I don't know. Maybe they break it up. What do you think, Rob? We should bet.
1: (laughs) I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that at Comic-Con that they they go all in with their Fantastic Four announcements. We get director and cast. Wow. Wow. I take Mm. that bet. Yeah? How about we do this? All right. We bet for if I win... You buy Ray the hot toy of his choice, what? and if I, if if you if you win, you buy I have Ray. to buy Ray the hot toy of his choice. I
0: like that. I, 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 a one thick scale. Yes, you hot, guys are not, so sweet. Not, not not a That's one right. quarter scale. Not some. You know, it's got to be something that we can pick up at <laughs> Frank and Sons. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Wow. Oh, I, like I mean, that because thing. like Whoever Jonathan loses, wouldn't ever want Ray uh, anything like yeah. a
4: hot toy. But and then we not call it a We'll Call it a draw
0: if they just announce yes. the director or
1: just yeah. announce whatever. Yeah. Then we'll yeah. call it yeah. a draw. Uh, I'm saying that the, my thing is that I'm saying they're going to announce director and cast. And cast. Yep. I'm saying they won't. Right. So if they
0: announce some of it, we'll call it a draw. draw yep. And Ray yep. buys us hot toys. <laughs> I, oh, like no,
1: I like that. I like that. See, but you're gonna—you could get a hot toy, Ray. Don't worry. And it the won't great be the thing about it is the one you want probably won't come out until December of 2023, so I can actually save up money. <laughs> I still love the you.
2: idea, though. Of Quentin Tarantino <laughs> and all the
0: shots of Sue storms.
2: Feet. Her little and then oh, they're gone.
1: Somebody's got it. So I want the poster. Someone need that. Make some <laughs> fan art. I love it. All right, guys. Question is for you. What
0: do you think about this? There is a report going around that I think is just spaghetti against the wall saying they're going to announce the the cast. Well, we have all think that there's a good chance of that, but do you think it will happen? Do you think that once we get through Comic-Con and we get through D23, that we will officially know the director and cast of Fantastic Four? If so, and which one do you think they're going to make the announcements? One, the other, maybe split them up amongst both of them. Whatever you guys think, Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with all that down, we now want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts, opinions, theories, comments, and questions about any of the topics or others that we've talked about here today. We are now officially opening up the Super Chats. That is now open. Now, before we get to your questions, you got some time to fire them in now. We're going to hear from another sponsor of today's shows, the great folks over at BetterHelp. Hey guys, we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video, BetterHelp. You know, in the age of social media, you might think that everybody's life except yours is perfect because everybody always posts the best memories, the most glamorous shots. But you and I both know that's not how life is. We get pitched some serious curveballs and sometimes it seems like a lot of them. And you know, we always encourage each other to get out there and to get into better physical health, going to the gym and eating right. But it's about time we started paying more attention to our mental health as well. And that's where our friends at BetterHelp come in. Because see, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log on to your account anytime and send private messages to your therapist, or you can schedule weekly or phone-only sessions if you're one of those people that's not really comfortable being on camera. And getting therapy every week is as easy as just a few clicks on your laptop or phone. It is time to invest in your own mental health, and BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. And right now they have a special offer for all of the John Campia show listeners to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com campia. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com campia. And a big thank you to the folks at BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And guys, dead serious. It's time to start prioritizing mental health as much as we prioritize physical health. Go and check out our sponsor for that. All right. With that down, let's get
3: into your live comments here. We're going to start off with our channel members. So, Ray, what do we got? Okay, we're going to start off with Mike Farino. He gifted five John Campion memberships. Oh, thank you, Mike. That is so awesome of you, man. Um, Now we got one from Kevin Cow. What's up, Kevin? Kevin Kevin Cow. Hello, everyone. Happy Comic-Con week. On my way to San Diego and finally have time to watch you guys live in, in a couple months. Can't wait to see any Marvel or Star Wars news will you guys be attending comic-con
0: okay so no we made the decision collectively as a team we made the decision (laughs) that we were not going to go to comic-con this year i will let you know this ann brought up to me last night that maybe she and i because we're only about an hour and a half from san diego Mm -hmm. that one night we might run down there and do a little meet and greet uh, keep your guys' eyes open on the community tab in the YouTube channel, so we might go down for that. But I, I, I'm not going to be attending any official Comic Con
1: events. Um, so are you going to go down I, at all? I'm going to be down at least on Sunday because oh, you
0: have got your your Trek. Uh, yeah, panel, Starship right?
1: Smackdown. Ooh, right, it is the 20th anniversary. I can't believe it's been 20 years since we've been doing this panel. It's this crazy panel, but we are doing Starship Smackdown. It always closes out the convention, so that's on Sunday. I can at least tell you, I'll be there then. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything else.
3: All right. Okay, what's next? Lawson Film says, Hey, John and crew, you guys reawoken my dream to be a movie director. I'm nice. starboarding my first horror short film. Thanks, and bring on the filthy. Nice. That's done.
0: awesome. Everybody says, how do you record a movie? The great film instructor dove SSM and said it. Get a couple of friends to stand in front of the camera. Hit record, say action. Two hours later, hit stop and say cut. <laughs> okay. And you've made a movie. I mean, there's nothing replaces doing it so that's awesome you're doing that all right what's
3: next okay zizzy ozzy says you guys please never break up this show must continue for decades when will we (laughs) receive an out of the theater reaction for nope have you got tickets yet um i
0: you know what i i kind of meant to do this today you know we'll cover it as a topic tomorrow i got invited to the advanced screening for it oh (gasps) 48 hours before the movie comes out oh the review embargo is 24 hours before the movie comes out. Mm. That that does not automatically mean anything. But traditionally, and there have been exceptions, Mm -hmm. but traditionally, when a movie holds their review embargo until 24 hours before the movie comes out, that's just the studio trying to keep bad word of mouth from spreading. It's not a good sign. Again... There have been a couple of exceptions where a movie had a 24 hour review embargo window and it turned out to be magnificent, but that's been the rare exception. So I'm a little bit worried about it, but I will be doing a straight out of theater reaction to when I see it.
1: Do you think there's a possibility that it could be they're trying to keep spoilers? But that's what I say
0: every single time. Like every time
1: this has happened, people say it's because they're trying to hide the spoilers. But they've been really playing close to the vest with this movie.
2: Of like, what even yeah, the they plot have.
1: Is. Yeah, like, what we don't even know. Yeah. Like, the trailers have been very, like, I think of one of the things for me that I hope it doesn't, like you said, you're probably right. I hope it doesn't suck, though. I love the fact, I'm really hoping, John, that I'm going to go into the movie theater not knowing anything about it and be blown away. I agree. Yeah. No, here's the problem. I want this movie to be good and surprising so bad.
0: I don't believe, like I said, every time this happens, everybody runs this. It's because they're trying to hide spoilers. And that to me is because in today's social media age, 24 hours, if if people are going to leak the spoilers, if critics are going to leak the spoilers, they're going to leak the spoilers within 10 minutes. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, there have been several times when 24-hour review embargo window has not meant the movie was bad. I'm just saying normally it does. So we'll see. And 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 I'm hoping for the
3: best. You know, we've been who, excited about this. Who is this again? Is it Universal? Yes. Yeah. Universal? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So we'll see. We'll okay. see. Hope for the best. All right, what's next? Om Nom Your Cookie writes, thank you all for being you. I felt Thor was just too slow. In the first guitar solo fight, at the end is top tier, though. I
0: I have not heard anybody say they thought the movie was too slow. That's a first. Yeah. I've heard several people saying Fielding that it was rushed. Yeah. Uh, which again goes back to a story we had last week. If Disney mandated to Kevin Feige that the movie had to just stay at two hours, th- that would explain a lot. But at, at any rate, uh,
3: hey, I'm glad you liked the last part of it though. All right, is there any more? Yeah, one more from Roberto C. de Anto Tuan- Nano? Antoine? I-, I can't say it. I'm sorry. Being Mexican, just wanted to say that it was so much fun listening to you guys in curse in Spanish last week. <laughs> Oh, curse in Spanish last I week. You put a no, smile on my here. face that lasted yeah, all weekend. Los Quijeros. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's I get it. Friday that I was Friday when I was talking. Yeah, Friday.
2: Because it was, what swear words do you know? And I said oh. pendejo way too quickly. Donets,
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <It's> <laughs> baby.
0: I can't swear in Spanish. I can swear in French, but I can't swear in, because I'm Canadian, of but I can't mm. swear in Spanish, unfortunately. Mm. That's
2: okay. Here we'll get duolingo. though.
0: <laughs> all right with that let's get over to the
2: super chats what do we got chris <laughs> all right we are starting off with support from fredo Fredo, oh. for my day, sending in a 20 dollars super chat just to be kind to thank you Dan, Dan, for that support can, man yeah. that's awesome yeah. of you uh-huh. and uh kevin cowell thanks kevin thank you guys all right from my comic planet in a recent interview jamie lee curtis thought anna de armas was quote an inexperienced unsophisticated young woman when they first met because she had just arrived from cuba um what the fuck jamie okay
0: to be clear though the point of that article was Jamie Lee Curtis saying she is so much more than that. She is blah, 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 blah. Like, she, she just, she assumed maybe from a couple of interviews. Listen, we've all had those impressions of people we've just seen an interview with now and again. Yeah. The point of that whole thing with Jamie Lee Curtis was she said that to highlight the fact that Anna was so much more than what she initially just kind of impressed. So, yeah, take it, take the whole
3: context of it, yeah. not just that one little bit. Yeah. Yes. I, got, I forgot to mention, King Tanik also gifted five memberships free oh memberships everybody. so like thank you most, for that thank
0: you for gift and, and thank you on behalf of all the channel viewers who suddenly got a a, a membership gifted thanks so much for that man alright what's next
2: from Ben Rayner sending in a $20 super thank
0: chat thank you for supporting us on that level Ben
2: hi guys I'm predicting and hoping the trailer is for Munster's movie inside the actual movie Oh, it's a trailer inside the movie. Nice. And the real monsters are watching this horrified. I think uh, real. Uh, we'll get the real trailer at San Diego Comic-Con. Just to hope. What do you think?
0: You know what? If this is kind of like a Tropic Thunder or Grindhouse kind of thing, where what we actually saw was a trailer. Like, what if in, in this movie, the monsters find out they're having a movie made about them? And then this is that that trailer that's inside the movie. If it is... It's
1: brilliant. I'll just say right <laughs> now. It's brilliant. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know what? It's the font. It's the graphics that they use that give it away, I think. Because those font, that font, the way it's expanding, it was so early 90s computer graphic. It, it's terrible. And that's why I looked at that. I'm like, nobody would do that today. So I think there's something to Ben's theory. It'll be G. Ge- if it I is, do. Ben, brilliant. it's high, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: All right. What's next? from al renshaw hashtag we stand with ray let's get him a hot toy
1: (laughs) listen
0: i took ray to frank and sons yep and i said to him even though he didn't win any bet yep i said ray on the company today you pick a hot toy we're gonna get you that hot toy today but they didn't have the mighty jane and so he just he just didn't want any. I'm
1: like, I announced the mighty J. Even
3: even Ryan was like that. So he's like, you better get that hot toy. And I was like, man, I don't want to force buy my first hot toy. I mean, if I didn't like anything there, what? What's the point?
4: But there were That's hundreds. Sweet. Yeah, but you there know what? Any I, out of the hundreds that you like? I liked? want it to be special. All right. Okay. All right. Next franken son's Ray. You stay home, and I'm going to
1: go all <laughs> go. <laughs>
4: hey, I did buy you something in my you Did. Fridge. My very
0: first sons visit, I saw yeah. a Moon Knight, and I said, Rob would love By that. I bought w- it for you.
1: It's awesome. It's really awesome. As a matter of fact, I'm moving it so you'll be able to see it behind me in my my own because I have like a moon night. It does look really good. It's really cool. Yeah, I like that one. You helped
2: me buy a car, so I'm pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm chill over here.
0: (laughs) All right, what's
2: next? From Suthius. Speaking of Metallica's Master of Puppets, there's a very cool rendition of its latest West, in the latest Westworld episode. No details of scene here, but the settings is 1920s and the style is of orchestral ragtime. Mm. (laughs) Orchestral ragtime.
0: Hmm. again i i unfortunately tapped out of westworld in season two um it, and it's just not one i'm interested in getting back into again i've heard some people tell me the show's improved but you know once a show loses me it's it it's it's
1: lost uh, and now i got i move on to other things but
0: I, are any of you guys still watching westworld i never
2: started
1: oh uh, you know i haven't caught up with i, I mean i watched it through season three and I'm looking forward to seeing season four. You just haven't gotten back. No. And every time yet. like I, I was going to watch it, then I watched the first three episodes of Blackbird, the Taryn Edgerton series. That, that's really good. Yeah. I've been hearing good things about that. I want to check the one out, too. All right. What's next
2: from Fifi? Uh, what are your thoughts on Deadpool three getting announcement com- at Comic-Con? I. Yeah, I I like that. Yep. It makes more sense than D23. Doesn't make as much sex
0: as D twenty three. Well if
2: you want to keep some of the raunchiness aside from more of the wholesomeness, because they're letting everything be very, very r, right, with Deadpool. But like, I don't know. Maybe keep that at Comic Con. But I don't think Ryan
0: Reynolds is going to show up at Comic Con with his dick out of his pants and going, hey no, everybody, why not, kind of- Ryan?
1: Do we know <laughs> You, coward? When- Dude, Marvel- you <laughs> coward?
0: Ryan Reynolds, you coward.
1: <laughs> do we go full frontal? <laughs> do we know when the Marvel presentation is? Is it a hall? It's a hall age presentation. I'm sure imagine. it's been announced. My yeah. guess will be Saturday. Yeah, the schedule's there. I'm willing to add to my bet. Oh, up the ante! Okay. I'm willing to bet that Ryan Reynolds will absolutely be at Comic Con and he will absolutely announce Deadpool three. I mean, I
0: like that. I mean, okay. Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Deadpool has de facto already been announced, right? Yeah, that's they, true. I mean, the, the writers are already talking about how they're integrating with the the, the Disney brass about the mm-hmm. direction of the script. I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's right. not like when they announced Fantastic Four. Guys, we're making Fantastic Four. It's like, whoa, wow, right? But okay, but let's stick with Ryan Reynolds' appearance at Comic Con.
1: I, mm, I, I don't know, Rob. i I'm not, I don't know, man.
3: I, I don't hate that idea. I don't know, though. I think it's going to happen. All right, so you're adding that.
0: So your bet is now Ryan Reynolds on stage, announcing the director of Fantastic Four, and announcing the cast of Fantastic Four. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. Man, All in. Nothing. All <laughs> in.
5: Sorry, oh,
0: <laughs> Mike. All right. Oh, but. my God. Who is it in the live chat? Morgan X Ford just said Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman come out on stage together at Comic-Con to announce Deadpool 4. But not even I can go that high. Okay. That, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. If Ryan Reynolds, because you know what I believe? I believe Henry Cavill's coming on stage with Dwayne The Rock Johnson at the Black Adam panel to announce that Henry Cavill's going to be in it. Again, I don't base, I base that on no factual information. That is just my gut, okay? It's just your hopes and dreams. And I said that will by itself win Comic-Con. But I will one-up that. If Ryan Reynolds comes out on stage with Hugh Jackman, which I do not believe... <laughs> which i do not believe is actually jonathan's right quick on that which i do not believe is actually going to happen okay let me be clear but if it did that wrecks the internet that destroys oh, yeah. the internet that like that just ends everything
2: I mean, so I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Seconds from Disaster. How do you guys think Feige will bring Deadpool into the MCU? I think he'll find his way through an incursion and his universe is the one destroyed. I I mean, that, that
0: works. But in reality, he doesn't have to come up with any way. Yeah. It, it's like saying, how are you going to explain who the bad guys are in Top Gun Maverick? You don't. You didn't need to. We don't even know who they were. And, and I think the same thing as with Deadpool. I don't even think they have to explain it. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I really don't. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. What's next?
2: From Andy, one of two. The best part of the John Campus show is Rob's voiceovers for the sponsors. And it's not <laughs> even close. I've been telling you since the Batman fan screening, Rob, you got to do at least one ASMR video, ASMR R&B.
1: <laughs> I don't know why people love this idea. You know, you know, there was there was a Graham Norton show appearance when Michael Bublé, Bublé, yeah, Bublé, yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Bublé on, and he's talking Canadian about Canadian kid,
0: by the way. Oh, mm-hmm. he,
1: he's talking about, and he's on with Matthew McConaughey, and Michael Michael Bublé says, "You know, I go to bed with you every night." Matthew McConaughey's like, "What do you mean?" And then he realizes that Michael Bublé listens to this AMSR. Good evening, you know? and, and 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 Matthew McConaughey's. I, I I I couldn't do that. I couldn't sustain what a great actor does with ASMR. <laughs> I can do it like for a sentence. Huh? All right. What's next? From Caden. But I'll try
2: it. <laughs> My issue is we got to see Thor grow up so much from Ragnarok Infinity War and since then he's just turned into a blubbering low IQ idiot. Okay.
0: I will. I, uh, okay. This I will counter strongly. Now this is coming from a guy who I've warned all of you for over a month that leans too much into the silliness. This is not as good as Ragnarok blah blah blah. I think anybody who says Thor is low IQ or whatever, I don't think you're paying attention to the movie. He's aloof, yes. But whenever something comes up in the movie that really gauges Thor's intelligence, he always knows the answer. Mm. He al- like he's actually knows more about the cosmos and the universe, and that comes out. Does he play it aloof? Yes. But when he's like force-projecting himself to talk to the Asgardian kids... All he has to do is look around for a second. and goes, I know exactly where in the cosmos and the universe this is. And I know all the mythology of that planet. I know exactly this is how things happen on that planet. Blah, blah, blah. For, even when the kids are reaching out to him, he tells, tells uh, Heimdall's son, I know how to reach out to you. Your father taught me this. I know how to do this. Boom, and he's able to, like, so whenever Thor's intelligence comes to the test, he knows exactly what's going on, what it is, and how to accomplish it. But, the rest, but during the film, he comes across, across very much aloof. Again, that's why I said when I came out, it's like 80% silly, 20% serious, and, and that becomes a problem. But I think that tricks people or misdirects people into thinking that Thor in the movie is unintelligent when, I'm, when my pr- proposition is, if you actually look at the movie, he comes across as quite intelligent, as
4: quite intelligent, mm. just very aloof. He even knew the Necrosword. He's like, I read the manuscripts. Oh yeah, he even
0: knows all, all about the Necrosword. He knows all about everything. So, but again, extremely aloof. All right, what's next?
2: From Raymond Villarba. Congrats to Absolutely Fabulous's Joanna Lumley on her uh, damehood. She was also on the new Avengers, not Marvel's The Avengers, and Sapphire and Steel. <laughs> yep. I uh, didn't know about that. I love I, Absolutely Fabulous. What is that? It is this really great show about two ridiculous over-the-top British women who are trying to be posh and drink a lot. Yeah, they drink all um, the time. <laughs> and Joanna Joanna's character is based a lot on um, Ivana, Ivana Trump.
0: Yeah. All right, what's next?
2: Uh, Alpha, oh gosh, uh, Odargo? I'm so sorry if I said your name wrong. Uh, Obi-Wan and Vader had two fights at full strength and Vader lost both times. I know fandom thinks Vader is the more powerful one, but is he though?
0: I mean, again, he's supposed to be like, look, you have at one point like Palpatine saying he, Vader, is going to be more powerful than either of us, talking about himself and Yoda. But you're right. We've seen him fight Obi-Wan twice. And again, I, I am dissatisfied with the Obi-Wan series, but that fight was awesome at the end of it. Yeah. It was great. And a- as I poetically put it, it was Obi-Wan... I need to remind you, I am General Obi-Fucking-Wan Kenobi, bitch. And he just beats the shit out of him. And I, like, there's a reason you had the name Padawan in front of it, and mine was Master. And I loved it. But you're right, it does bring up some questions about, Will is Obi-Wan Kenobi the most powerful Jedi to ever live? Like, I, I, or was Palpatine just straight-up incorrect and, and wrong? I mean but it does bring up some questions but i did, as much as dissatisfied as i was with the series god i love that last fight it doesn't make up for everything else but it was real good it was really really yeah. good all right what's next
2: from sin vendetta john next movie club when
0: um i i probably guess next
2: week we're we're
0: gonna do movie club we announced this before we're gonna start doing movie club monthly instead of weekly and it's not going to hold to a really solid schedule but yeah it's going to be about once a month and i'm thinking probably next week will be the next one all right what's next
2: from james argenta one of two and dr strange two Mordo uh introduces black bolt as keeper of the terrigen mist and king of inhumans Ah, i think feige is making all inhumans like uh kamala mutants Mm. i think if humans are in 616 feige will focus on royal family and universal inhumans
0: yeah, again, by the way, I had mentioned in a previous show that, man, they never even mentioned in humans, and I got corrected. So, like, they mentioned that exact thing he just said. Actually, they did say in humans. Again, that is not the black bolt that we saw in the show. It's Earth 83 So, no, I still don't believe he's going to bring in humans at all. Um, as a matter of fact, some of the showrunners were even for uh, Miss Marvel, even qualified, saying that the original idea was to make her a mutant. And then that kind of went away from different things. And then ultimately, Kevin Feige had it brought back and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. All right, we'll see where they go with it. What's next?
2: From Collins E. A bad Star Wars movie can still make 1 billion plus, but a mixed received Thor movie is going to struggle to make 750 million. Why do you think that is?
0: I mean, look, why does any bad movie make a billion dollars? And why does any fantastic movie not? I mean, it's it's from movie to movie. It's also you know when you're talking Star Wars, you're talking generational fans, yes. right? You're not talking about people fans, but people have been fans for a few years. You're talking about fans who got their fandom passed down from their grandfather to the father to them, and it's Star Wars, which is the greatest thing in the world. Is Star Wars, and they look great. Listen, I hated The Rise of Skywalker. Hate that movie, but I'd be lying to you if I'm watching the trailers and don't get excited. I mean, listen, you put a lightsaber in any, you do Joe Dirt too, and put a lightsaber in it? I'm probably there. Oh, my there. God. I, I, I'm probably Shout there. Shout out to Joe Dirt.
3: All I want now. I'm just saying. I love Joe Dirt.
0: Bring
1: him back.
4: Wow. I'm just saying is all. I can't get that image out of my mind now. Oh, Stop, and yeah. my mama will use a lightsaber. It works <laughs> everywhere.
0: See, well, Stallone's got to find something yeah. to make money for Fair. his poor kids. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Maybe you can get go. that,
4: fra- or Oscar.
0: Get that franchise back. Hey, oh, let's not trash talk Oscar. That, that movie's a <laughs> right, trash. What's next?
2: From Josh Kahn, Marvel, Disney always wants to own weekend headlines. They have to reveal big name things at Comic-Con. Could be Fantastic Four, but can't be bland stuff. They need positive momentum again, getting hype back.
0: No, they don't. (laughs) No, listen, make no mistake about it. Marvel don't mean nothing. They need nothing. Their momentum is not one ounce. Listen, Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness has made well over $900 million at the box office. Thor, despite everything, all the crap I've talked to and everybody else, in 10 days has cleared half a billion dollars. They have no problems right now whatsoever. I would still propose this. They don't need an announcement to own the weekend news cycle. I am telling you right now, a Black Panther trailer will own the weekend news cycle. It just will. Uh, uh, The first glimpse at the Marvels will own the weekend news cycle. Notwithstanding Dwayne The Rock Johnson bringing Henry Cavill on stage with him, but you just drop those trailers, that footage, it's going to dominate the news cycle. I think.
1: totally agree. And also, I think it's pretty much a given that we're going to get a Black Panther trailer at Comic-Con. I I hope so. I I think that it's, what, November? Yeah, it's It's getting really, we're getting in that new window now that they should be putting out. So either there are D23. And they're going to, look, they're going to roll out they're gonna at Comic Con, you know, at D23 they have a lot more stuff. You know, they got Star Wars, they got Pixar, they got animation, they got right. all this other stuff. Whereas Comic Con is specifically Comic. I mean, they could do Star Wars too, but for Marvel, it's comic book. But they material. each get their
0: own day at D23. Mm. It's not like they're cramming in Star Wars. It's well, like I they, know. they're and it's all them. They don't have to get off stage in 50 minutes. So the next Paul H presentation, come on, it is their whole event is there. But the press,
1: there's a lot more international (laughs)
0: press at Comic-Con. But you know what? That doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) It just has to happen. One person has to tweet it. And now the world knows about it. Yeah. Right. So I I don't know. Again, I think some big, big stuff is coming to Comic-Con. Big, big stuff. We'll just see how much because Disney is very serious about making D twenty three their own Comic Con. <laughs> right. So uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. What's next?
2: From Wraith X seven, Disney Lucasfilm could always continue to make more Indiana Jones films without recasting Ford by making animated indie films.
0: But why would you? Like seriously, who's who cares about uh, an animated Indiana Jones film? I don't think anybody. So I mean, even
2: I wouldn't be that thrilled about that.
0: No, I mean, listen, six years from now, you do. Indiana Jones and Hitler's teacup where he's got to steal an enchanted teacup that Hitler has and she uses to take over the world.
2: These pitches today, they're so
0: good. (laughs) That movie is going to make 600 million at the box office. Easy. Hitler's teacup. Hitler's Hitler's teacup. teacup. I'm just telling you right now. And and it will make 600 million easy and they will make big money. And people will, will, if the movie's good, winning cures everything. Nobody will talk about, but Harrison Ford didn't want another one made. If the movie's good, no one will care. If it's bad, then we're all going to say it's the curse of Harrison Ford. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, what's up?
2: Kali next? Ma. Kali Ma. Oh,
0: no.
2: <laughs> Bailey Fuller checking out Marcel the Shell, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. I still have not even watched the trailer.
0: I know, I've got to. I've, it's so I, cute, I've cute got and wholesome. To. I know. You keep saying that, oh, and my so gosh. that's why I got to check it out. Watch, right.
2: watch it with the, the little um, nephew, nieces, everybody, all the little cousins. They'll lose their minds.
0: Uh, they probably have already seen it.
2: Oh, okay. All right, what's well. next? Uh, from Angel Leon. Uh, first of all, have a nice life. I started for all mankind and I'm loving it. <laughs> and may I propose Sadie Sink to play Jean Grey on future X-Men project? Who's Sadie Sink again? Uh, she plays Max in Stranger Things. Oh, okay.
1: Too young. Yeah, I think she's too young. Too. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, way too young. If, if they were doing first class all over again, maybe, but yeah, yeah. I, I think way too young. All right, what's next?
2: Uh, from Grubby, don't play <laughs> with Marvel establishing some variants look alike. Couldn't we get one of the Fox X-Men actors to reprise their role? I want Anna Paquin back. Love yous.
0: I, I, I. Anna Paquin can't play Rogue
2: anymore. She can't. Someone else must. <laughs> 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 um, by the way,
0: very noble of you to turn it down. so oh my Anna gosh. Paquin could still play <laughs> it if yeah. she wanted to. That was very noble <laughs> of you. Just little
2: junior high. Chris was like, you know what? It's not my time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I I I love Anna Paquin, but I, I she can't play Rogue anymore. So uh, I I don't think about. I I also don't listen. If you if you're rebooting it, then reboot it. Mm-hmm. Like you don't. I I honestly 100%. think. I, I mean, it just so I can't see them doing it. But hey. It's not off the menu. It, it is something that is available to them if they wanted to do it. So it's not impossible. It's not impossible. I just don't think that's the way they're going to go. And, yeah. and I don't really see what would be the point of it. Because the moment you bring... Listen, here's the thing, right? The moment they conceded to everybody, and it was, I thought it was a good idea, and they brought back James Earl Jones to do the voice of Mufasa, great. But then what happened? Them announcing James Earl Jones was, well, then you've got to have jeremy irons back as the, you've got to bring him back as the voice mm-hmm. of star right and, and now you've got to bring uh, nathan lane is still hilarious you've got to bring him back to do the voice. i mean that's what'll happen the moment you bring one back then everybody's going to start pitchforking and torching going whoa why isn't this guy coming back too yeah just start with a fresh clean i slate. completely
1: agree mm-hmm. i want a whole new team yeah
0: and yeah. i love the old x-men i do sure. Me too. but it, if you're going to start again clean slate mm-hmm. all right what's next
2: from Euler's Workshop, what if Alden is playing Reed Richards?
0: Uh, I would like it. I mean, of course, we found out that Alden Ehrenreich is going to be in Ironheart, but they did not say anything about the role that he's playing. What if it is Reed Richards? That could be interesting. Again, ex actor, ex role. I think Alden Ehrenreich is a mm. very talented actor, and I would be perfectly good with that. I don't think he's the guy, but I think he would be perfectly good in it. All right, what's next?
2: From Adrian Bonds, who has worse skin, gore or Deadpool?
3: Ooh, Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool's got worse that's skin. That's like gooey and like yeah. <laughs> like pussy and so <laughs> By the way, that's like athlete's foot all over his face. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> we had um, Anne and Ray's uh, cousin and his wife are staying at our house right now. And after our little family party, we're sitting around. And like and what do you guys want to do and they're like, "Well, we haven't started watching The Boys season 3 yet." So, Ed's like, done. She ordered some pizza, <laughs> popped on The Boys season 3. I got to hear the reaction to the uh to the uh termite How how was that? Uh, it, it was quite explosive. It was quite explosive the reaction. And then also, we watched far enough into it that we saw uh Black Noir getting his face blown up. <gasps> Yeah, so so that reminds... So I would say Black Noir had the worst face out of the three, but yeah, no (laughs) doubt pull out of that. All right, what's next?
2: From Russell Amador, is it time to say Russo's need Marvel to deliver the goods? I'm looking forward to Gray Man, but this makes back-to-back outings that didn't sit too well with the critics.
0: Thoughts? Mm -hmm. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Listen, we've been talking about that a lot. I am a huge, huge show and anthony Russo fan. I I think these guys are awesome. I think they're super talented. I just think they're great guys. Um, and uh, they will be at the top of my cheer for list for a very, very long time. But if I'm going to try to be as objective as I can, the reality is I have not really liked anything they've done since their work in Marvel. It started with 21 Bridges, which they even had Chadwick Bozeman in. And I was not a, a fan of that. They've done stuff with like with Tom. Uh, uh, I almost said Tom Hardy, um, Tom uh, uh, Holland. 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 Thank you. They've done a couple, they've done some stuff with Tom Holland. I didn't like any of that stuff. Now, I have not seen The Grey Man yet. Now it's getting mixed to negative reviews, but I mean that's movies set us all differently. So when I see the gray man, I might think it's the greatest thing ever. So I, I don't know yet. All I know is this is that when the Russo brothers work with Kevin Feige, magic happens. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's more than just one, so it ain't a fluke. Winter Soldier, some people consider that to be the greatest comic book movie ever made. Civil War, some people consider that to be the greatest comic book movie ever made. Infinity War, Endgame, some people think the arc triumph of all things ever done in comic book movies. Magic clearly happens when Feige and the Russo brothers work together. So... I don't know. I need to see the gray man for myself to see where where I'm thinking on that right now. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, if
1: nothing else, an espionage action adventure. Come on.
2: Yeah. I just like to watch (laughs) and go. You didn't get this because your husband. Yeah. (laughs) We're real mean to each other. By the way,
1: very
0: big of you to turn down the Chris Evans role. Oh my gosh, man! That was very big of you. I
2: did give him my mustache though. Okay. (laughs) You know. Like any good Italian girl. <laughs>
1: <Right>. Wow.
2: <laughs> from, well, what's next? From Al Renshaw. Considering the name or rumors in Black Panther 2 and him having an Aztec origin, that Council of the God scene in Thor 4 caught my eye because of the Aztec God that was seated. Coincidence?
0: Maybe yes, maybe no. Um, any more than I think, a, you know, a God of Dumplings was there. I don't think is has something to do with Shang-Chi or, no, or anything I else I
2: love a little Bao God. But
0: it was very oh. adorable. It was very cute. <laughs> A great, exa- a great one-frame example about how Thor: Love and Thunder really lean more into the silly yep. than anything else. That's all you had to see is that one shot, and you knew we were talking about. Um, might be. I mean, for all we know, we'll see that character in in Black Panther too. But I, I, I don't know. For now, I'll lean towards probably coincidence, mm-hmm. but very possible. All right, what's next?
2: From Daniel Dang, Dune Part Two begins production today. This is my most wow. anticipated upcoming film. I hope we get a Count Fairing uh, casting announcement soon. Okay,
0: first of all, uh, Anne hung this week her second poster. It got a big, and um, when I say giant, I mean really big. Tom Hanks' big poster on the wall, and uh, she hung. Uh, it was a gift. The uh, a Dune poster. Dune. I still remember. I watched it with her in the theater. And i didn't know what she was thinking i turned to her and i said what do you think she goes i think it might be my favorite movie ever oh, now, wow! now she doesn't think it's her favorite movie ever ever but it is one it's probably a top four favorite film of hers of all time so and we have been hearing on top of the already stellar cast dude we have heard like just bang 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 of incredible casting after incredible casting after incredible casting Coming out of this thing, and and with just how good that first movie was, won the most Oscars at the Academy Awards this year. Didn't win the big award, but it won the most Oscar. I think what did it get? Six, seven, eight? I can't yeah, remember something like that. Um, yeah. It. I just. I cannot wait to see this thing. Where are your thoughts at right
1: now? Oh, Ford? I mean, I'm a huge fan of the franchise. I mean, I read the. Well, I read the six Herbert Dune books growing up, and I'm. I love it. I love what they did with Dune, and it looks like the fact that they're leaning into characters that didn't appear in David Lynch's Dune is really, like, Fenring, this is a a very interesting proposition. What about you, Chris? Where are you at on this right now? (laughs) I I
2: know. Well, and Dune is is a big blank space, right? A big blind spot in my nerdom upbringing. Logan's really into the books. I never read them. And so when I watched the movie, I just kind of kept, like, stopping and being like, wait, what? No, who's he? I was one of those people. So I also didn't see it on the big screen because I saw it as a SAG screener. And I think that also... Impeded my viewing.
0: So it's funny. So Anne saw the Denis Villeneuve movie without ever seeing the first Dune movie or the sci-fi channel miniseries. So after watch, she was like, ravenously, let's watch those. Let's watch those. Oh no. I'm like, okay, baby. And we played them and she goes, (laughs) I was hoping I'd get some more information, but these are terrible. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I actually didn't mind the sci-fi with with William Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind the sci-fi channel one. I thought that was... For a television budget, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she like, compared to the Denis Bill version, it's pretty bad. All right, what's next?
2: My Comic Planet. Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight was released 14 years ago today. wow You think the movie still holds up today, John? What? Was it for... No, that makes no. sense. No.
0: hmm No. Yeah. No, Ray, what year did The Dark Knight come out? I... Did 2008. It come... Did it come out in 2008? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Batman Begins came out in 2005. Wow. 17 years ago. (laughs) Wow.
0: The Dark Knight. I still remember watching it. I I still remember I went to an IMAX theater um, to watch an advanced press screening. Holy shit. 14 years? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay. Screw that. All right.
2: what's, (laughs) what's, What's next? From Andy. Hi, Chris. Hi, Andy. The latest Riverdale episode finally go. did it. It broke me. I'm too speechless to describe it because too much lunacy happened. It's far too ridiculous, even by current Riverdale standards. Please send help. I
0: can't even imagine what it would be.
2: I, my friend uh, turned me on to this TikToker who just recaps the show with no, no bells or whistles. It's just, here's what happened this week on Riverdale. And just gives you every beat by beat. And it's so... Bonkers, it makes no sense. We're like everyone's witches now, and someone's a phoenix, and these people are being brought back by the dead. And then there's like a heaven where everyone's in the comic book form. I don't know what it is, and I feel like I have a stroke every time I watch one of these.
0: (laughs) Wow, makes me feel more and more satisfied with my decision not to watch the show. I'm so
2: glad you never did. All right, what's next? From Hoopsuni. Hoopsuni. I wish I could see data for my whole life because I feel like I've heard more cumulative hours of your voice than my own parents. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: listen. When you go two hours a day. Yeah. And it's it's been a while. I seriously, I've gotten emails from spouses saying, listen, I just want to write in to say, you make my husband or spouse like very happy and whatever. But I think they hear more of your voice than mine. (laughs) And it's like, well. There you go. I don't know how to respond to that, but uh, cheers. Happy marriage. Happy marriage. How can I help? Dr. John is here. All right, what's next?
2: From Morgan Holmes, sending in a $50 super oh, chat. Oh, Morgan, thank you so thank much you. for supporting us. And I love it. That is incredibly generous of you. Thank you so much. I absolutely love this show, John. Thank you. You are a wizard. Chris, you light up the room. Oh, Ray, I'm sure, is the God code of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron is amazing. And now for Rob. Uh-oh. This guy should be the narrator, not just for the movies, but for our entire existence. Man, people <laughs> well,
0: really liked you they doing the, voice. the voiceover yeah. for our sponsors. Like that's crazy.
4: been, Man. Yeah. They just like the XFL cheerleader. Versions.
0: This is very true. I mean, those, those but thank
4: good you too. That's yeah, very, <laughs> that's very nice. So. All
0: right, All right.
5: What's I might
4: next? like to add, if if you are having marital trouble because John talks too much, <laughs> we do have a great sponsor, BetterHelp. They they offer couples uh, <laughs> counseling, so. <laughs>
2: that was well
0: done perfect setup perfect setup john campy show creating problems that we can
2: offer you solutions for (laughs) all
0: right what's next
2: from raymond pierre again uh john don't worry on stallone rich guy's problem it really is rich
0: guy problem again listen just because you're rich doesn't mean you don't deserve justice if you have been wronged i'm just not sure he's been wrong again i'm kind of torn on it i'm not saying one or the other i'm just I'm torn on. I'm not sure. All right, what's next?
2: From Adam Henson, luckier hot toy, please with angel wing accessories and devil face interchangeable head. Yeah, I don't think that's. Good. Is oh, that think supposed to be Lucifer. Lucifer, yeah. Lucifer. Like, luckier. I was going to say, I was like, I don't know what character that is. Ooh, I would love that. That's
1: I mean, that's not to say that there won't be a third party company that make a really good one like a Sosa. Why toys. won't this, why won't hot toys do it? Just... I think just because they're licensed, they they don't go for lower tier TV stuff. You know, they're oh, right now. How dare really? you? Start. How dare? How dare you? <laughs> I mean, low, in terms of movies. And <laughs> yeah, the, I You it, know, I it, come it, yeah. on now. I mean, they did do, like, they did do a Charlie Cox Daredevil. Right. So that was about, they really haven't delved into TV much. But
0: the idea of one figure with the interchangeable regular face and devil face. Yeah. And the ability to put on the wings. That would be a a, real... There's a lot of
1: great third-party figures. They're making better and better figures all the time. They could do something like that. That that would be cool to see. I'd like that. that. All right, what's next?
2: From Nairman, I'm telling you, the normals, they're digging phase four.
0: I mean, listen, it's it's true. I mean, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but I'm going to go right now. Again, Thor Love and Thunder sitting 80%. uh, Doctor Strange... In the multiverse of madness it's i have no idea what this number is going to be for the audience rating it's got 85 percent on that i listen i've been critical of phase four but there have been some things in phase four that i have bonkers loved yeah like sean Shang- yeah, me too <laughs> like wanda vision like ms marvel like there have definitely been some things there but you're right the general average movie going out who's the way you described it who aren't as invested mm-hmm. aren't hardcore marvel fans yeah. they are still really enjoying it hence they're still making ridiculous amounts of money, but you know, you, you do also have to appeal to the hardcore fans as for well. Sure. You got to find a way to balance that out and uh, let's see what happens with black Panther. Mm-hmm. All right. What's
2: next? From Zach Marcello sending in a $20. Thank chat. you, Zach so much for that, man. I appreciate that. I'd firmly been in the camp of, I don't need to see a teen Marvel show, but after hearing you all rave, I finally gave Ms. Marvel a shot this weekend. I'm happy to admit I was dead wrong and this show is great. So charming.
0: That's good to hear. Yay. I know you guys talked about it on Friday when I mm-hmm. wasn't here, mm-hmm. but wrap your head around this. Out of all the super high critically rated Marvel stuff, none is higher than Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel has a 98 or was it
2: 99?
0: 98, I believe. 98. So the previous highest critic rated Marvel property was Black Panther, which I think had 96. Ms. Marvel is now number one. It is... Again, nothing is for everybody. So I can't guarantee if you haven't watched it yet and you watch it now that you're going to love it. I can't guarantee that because mm-hmm. it, it's entertainment. It hits us all in different ways. But I, every week that I watch this, I was just like, ah, how do they make this so damn charming? How, how, am, how has it endeared itself to me so much? Why is this so delightful? Why does it make my heart smile? And it just did week after week. And I lament, I am sorrowful that I don't get to watch another episode this mm-hmm. week. Huh. Sorrowful, I tell I kind tell of you. am, too. Like, I want to go, I want to go see Amir again. Yeah. I want to see the, mom the whole family. family. I want to see the whole family
1: again. And I don't get to hang out with them this week, and that makes me sad. But you can hang out with the cast of For All Mankind. <laughs> <And
0: they're>,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ray's all about yeah. that.
0: <laughs>
2: all right, what's next? From Orlando Orego, I started watching The Handmaid's Tale last week, and wow, what a show, on season three. I, I'm telling you what, I mean...
0: That show is disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Now, it's also a show, you could also rename it... Um, the News, the Elizabeth show? Elizabeth Moss looks despondently at camera.
2: Oh, my God.
0: I'm I mean, so I, I, over mean that, that, could, that could be their show. Just call it that. I'm so over her just... Staring despondently and almost angrily at the camera. <laughs> yeah. like, it, it, it always looks like she's just
2: got a poo at the end. <laughs> Who is that kid? She's tired.
0: <laughs> <high. laughs> yeah. I... So over that, but no, seriously, why is she doing it? The show is so powerful. Mm -hmm. They're like almost every episode has a WTF moment where you're like, oh, where you feel shook and whatever. Now, of course, some people call that our dream future for America. There are some people who look at that show and would love America to look that way, but. It, it, seriously, it, it's a powerful, powerful show. I really it it is coming. Listen, it it really is coming to the end of its lifespan. Yes, I think this next season should be its final season. I agree. Uh, yes. Just because the story is now played, but it it ha- if you haven't watched handmaid's Tale* and you want to watch some excellent television, yeah, give it a shot. It's quite just good.
2: Sitting there taking notes, trying to figure out how to be a Martha. I'm like, <laughs> I need this scenario. I need this one to happen to me. I'm a really good cook. <laughs> All right, Spooky. what's next? Uh, from Faisal, just watched Resident Evil Netflix. Worst show. Oh, wow. I didn't even know
0: it started playing. I, I, I mean,
2: didn't know it
1: dropped. Worst show to skip or worst show? <laughs> 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 Man, I shouldn't have skipped that. No. I heard somebody say, somebody sent me a text right before that we went on today and said, have you watched this show? Here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a line of dialogue. Have you ever been peed on once in college? And I'm like, that was actually in Resident Evil? And I'm like, really? And they're like, yep. And I'm like, I can't. Awesome. Read, 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 read. Context is everything, right? Context is everything.
2: Uh, if that, but, 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 uh, Were they stung by a jellyfish? Were they talking about a dating that profile? That could have been.
1: You know what? It could have been because I, Were I was Were they holding actually,
0: somebody's pet monkey and a peed on them? And they asked yeah. that question. Guys I, I was peed
1: on at the uh, Hawaii International Film Festival. Not at the film festival, but at, at night because I was stung by a huge jellyfish. Oh. And that was the only time. I Pretty was really girl st-
0: though.
1: To- <laughs> Pretty girl, and I, I, it hurts so bad.
4: Where's that uh, T. Jackman? Uh-
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was actually, T-
2: I got, I I'm got so like entranced no. by the, the, the I was the th- like, Watts. Why you were being peed on at a film festival, and then it was like, oh okay. No.
1: But you know what? That was. It's funny that you say that because that makes. Now that I think about it, uh, oh, that's total sense. Maybe yeah. that was contextually in the episode. And I couldn't be like, oh, now no. I get context is everything. Yeah. Context is everything. There's All a right. reason for pee. What's next?
2: <laughs> T.J. Thomas thor has battle sense not common sense
0: <laughs> i i don't know that that's horribly inaccurate yeah sometimes. i don't think so but y- I'll you go that. all go all the way back to the first kenneth brana thor right like sometimes hyper intelligent a god of the universe sometimes even in kenneth brana Thor, sometimes doesn't carry some common sense where you know what so i don't know that that's not yeah completely off base i'll buy into that mm-hmm. i'll buy into that all right what's next
2: from Attack of the Moshi, Multiverse of Madness, uh, Blacker, Agar, Boltagon, Keeper of the Terrigen Mists, the Inhuman King. Also, what MCU character are you excited to see return? Shang-Chi for me.
0: Oh, it's Shang-Chi. Me too. And <clears throat> while I am not usually a big, big person on the secondary characters in a lot of these movies, like until, listen, again, with everything negative I say about Thor, Love and Thunder, I, it was the first Thor movie that actually made me care about Jane or mm-hmm. the Thor-Jane relationship. But Shang-Chi and Aquafina's Kate, I love that character. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I, I, I mean, I saw the goodbye in which Aquafina is fantastic, right? But when I heard Aquafina was gonna be in Shang-Chi, I'm mean, like, okay, really? All right. And in the first 30 seconds she's in the show or in the movie, I'm like, oh, all right. But by the end of Shang-Chi, I loved her character. Like, absolutely loved. And I loved, 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 absolutely loved that they <laughs> didn't fall in love. Yeah. That they started as friends, and it ends with them as fr- best friends. Yeah. And I love that they didn't feel the stupid need to throw in a romantic angle on that. So, yeah, I would absolutely say number one on my list is I'm looking forward to Shang-Chi returning.
1: But coupled with that is The Return of Kate. I'd yeah. love to see both of them. What Me about too. you guys?
5: Absolutely. Oh,
1: 100%. You know, I I would love to see the two of them, like, after they've had this adventure and fought off creatures, they go back to San Francisco. and like, well, what do we do now? Like, what do they do now? I'm thinking, now that you've realized you've got the Ten Rings, what are you supposed to do? Do you walk around, like, are we going to go fight evil? Yeah. And just, like, have the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie is them, like, let's go back to karaoke.
0: Yeah.
5: You
1: know, because what else are you going to do? I want to see...
0: Even a YouTube short of a awesome pub crawl of Shang Chi and Kate with Wong and Thor. I wanted mm-hmm. that to me is a great pub I crawl movie. that movie. Yeah, you yes. know the
3: Rings when they incorporated it into the fights. That was some really cool stuff. Oh, I oh loved yeah, it. the
0: creative ways that that yeah. them so and good. his father
4: used him. I thought that was. Awesome. I mean, really cool.
0: I I, would- I, now, Grant, I love Shang Chi more than
4: most people do. To me, it's a top five MCU movie. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I wonder if we get a uh, Shang Chi post-credit scene in the Marvels. Ooh! Because I feel like of that. Of course, because I, we saw
0: yeah. the Ten yeah. Rings emblem in Ms. Marvel. That's not a bad call. I, I like know. that. All right. What's next?
2: From Taki seventy-five. Will Namor be the second MCU mutant in Black Panther two? Um.
0: I I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, again you what you have to understand is that just because some things are done certain ways in the comics Kevin Feige has shown he doesn't really care he'll he's going to do it his own way so i my guess that i could totally change my mind about tomorrow is that i don't think they're going to say namor's mute
1: and that, again I i'm not i'm that. not firm on that i'm mm-hmm. not firm on that at all but that's my guess about you i could see that i mean i definitely (laughs) the problem is i mean even the miss marvel thing look i'm convinced now at first i wasn't that convinced but after reading oh the producer came out and said yes so i'm all (laughs) all for that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but but you but do I do your but,
0: ASMR in that voice.
5: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: I don't even know where that voice came <laughs> from. But but Mr. Bean, the, Mr. Bean, I, Bean <laughs> enter the room. The,
1: the idea that Namor would be a mutant, I think, because he's such a prominent character, there's a lot of questions that would come along with that. True. Yeah. So I I could see them not. Love having lot questions. <laughs> I don't know what that voice is.
2: All right, what's next? It made me really happy. I loved it. Uh, John Lee, have you seen the show, The Rehearsal on HBO? It's from Nathan Fielder, who did Nathan for you. It's very entertaining. No,
0: I've ne- I'll have i one-up you, John. I've never even heard of it. Have you guys heard of this?
2: My friend Mia was talking to me about this last night. She says it's really, really great.
0: Any idea what this. it's about?
2: No. I, again, I've never even
0: heard
1: of this one. So, And HBO is kind of the gold <laughs> standard of making quality television. So, I-, I saw a trailer for an HBO show that stars Lily Rose Depp.
2: Oh yeah, and it's called, the like, weekend.
1: Yeah, the idol. It's the week, the weekend, <laughs> weekend produce it, and it was like
2: from I'm, the sick mind of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, it looks like it. it I thought I thought uh, Euphoria was at a certain level. Yeah, that looks like a show I would be like, I can't watch. And of course, you I know can. what I'm going to say, right? The weekend, good Canadian kid. Oh, yes. Well, Put that out there. So. He, it's
2: him and the creator of Euphoria <laughs> making the show.
1: Yeah, and I'm like. Here's another show that I'm gonna feel like I have to take a shower after watching, because I feel dirty. I felt dirty watching the the pilot, the, the trailer.
2: Oh yeah, because the choreographer's going turn, yes, more orgy, orgy, orgy. And you're like, what movie is this? I sex. Like, <laughs> I'm like,
1: yeah. I can't, I, I can't watch these shows. HBO's man. wild. All right, what's I mean, next? I can't. I just can't tell anyone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> From Instagram ninety one, have you guys checked out Apple TV's Blackbird?
1: Yes, I have, Robbie. You're talking about. I that. watched all three episodes. I thought it was all there. You know, it's a six episode miniseries. And it was one of those times when I go, what? Because it, it's really good. Now, yes, it's a, it's a true crime drama. Dennis Lehane, who's a great novelist, wrote it. But Taryn Edgerton, man, that guy is electric, electric in this role. I mean, he was great in Zelton John. He was great in Kingsman. But this role convinced me more than ever he's got to play Wolverine. Really, Ooh, this is the role they gotcha. did it for you.
0: Yeah. All right. Maybe he comes out at Comic Con. Mm. Well, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> that that no, one to no, the no, list. No. No. what we're doing now. No. All right. What's next?
2: From Buffalo Bills Nation. So disappoint, So disappointing to hear of such disorder within Disney. Hope it works out.
0: I, I mean, and listen, it. No matter how off course a ship is, courses can be corrected, right? Like, so that's why I'm not saying, listen, I have not been happy with a lot of decisions and things, the restructuring, especially that, that Bob Chapek has done, but nothing has been done that cannot be undone even by Chapek himself. So while I really don't like him, I have not given up hope that he can't turn it around and I'm going to continue to hope for such. All right. What's next?
2: From Al Renshaw, ketchup on eggs or Haribo sugar-free gummy bears.
0: Uh, sugar bears all day, every day.
2: Ketchup on eggs. One I, gives
0: you yeah, diarrhea. Ketchup on eggs automatically I is vomit-inducing. I, like Ray made me eat, eat them once, and I, so I almost gagged. I was so jealous. Yeah, I was so <laughs> almost gagged. It was so bad. I can't. No, so jealous of that moment. I would rather eat pineapple on pizza than have what? ketchup on eggs. That's, on that's not even yeah, mine, oh, mine mine that's, crazy. That's definition We're the definition for hours of hell. That that's just a. Salty yeah. flavor? Come on. Oh, no. mm. God. All right. What's next?
2: From Paul Silva. Saw a movie called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. It was a nice feel good film that I would totally recommend.
0: Tell you what, oh, we so saw cute. a full preview for it at CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. They chose it, and it looks delightful. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, though. When I saw it on the box office report this weekend, I'm like, I didn't even realize it opened this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I think it had a more limited run. Like, I, it, it wasn't like 50 theaters, it had a lot more than that, but it wasn't like the 3,000 theaters. So, I wasn't even aware that it opened, but I have been curious about this movie ever since they previewed it for us at CinemaCon, mm-hmm.
3: so I do want to see it. Good on them for actually going and watching it, like yeah. putting that on the radar folks that didn't even know it, it was going to come out. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, what's next?
2: From Vivi, I saw an article saying that post-pandemic, 10% of Marvel movie fans are pirating movies instead of going to the theaters opening night. Thoughts?
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, I mean... It,
1: it's I'm not so right? sure
0: that that wouldn't have been the number pre-pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, yeah. to be
0: honest with you, I, I, so it, it's a, again it's a spaghetti on the wall sort of thing. So I, I mean, and and again, we still, despite with the fact that Top Gun brought a lot of the audience back to the theater that hadn't been back before, particularly the over forty demographic, there are still we recovered a lot. The box office numbers prove it, but not everybody has started going back to the theaters yet. I was actually playing poker. This weekend, at my table, there are two people who mentioned, "Yeah, uh, the wife and I are big, avid moviegoers. We haven't gone back since the pandemic." Mm -hmm. And so, it's not everybody yet. So, again, it's not really surprising. But again, I don't think all that far off from what the numbers were before the pandemic. All right, what's next?
2: From Jay, one of two. Hi, crew. Why do you think we haven't had a great critically acclaimed shark attack movie since the OG Jaws, which came out almost fifty years ago? Is there a second part? No. Oh, okay. I think Um, that's
4: a
0: complete thought, anyway. Why would there be?
2: I, no, Man, I mean, it's
0: like, let's say, why hasn't there been a great critically acclaimed movie about toaster ovens? Well, I've, I've, there I've, has, I The don't Brave know.
4: Little Toaster. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I am literally down, about right? to say The Brave I love The Brave <laughs> Little Toaster the when I a kid. So yeah, 40 weird. meters. That was and then cool. the one with uh, Blake uh, Lively uh, on that. The shallow. Uh, the Shallows. The shallows. Yeah. That was pretty yeah, good. The I the thought both of pretty good.
2: But I don't think anyone has had the, you know like, runaway success and critical acclaim that Jaws has had, right? Well, like,
0: The Shallows has a 78% critic rating. Okay. Uh, Meg. 40 meters. I like
4: the Meg. I mean, the snobbish answer is uh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Well, Well, and also, Jaws is not just a shark attack movie.
1: Jaws is a a seafaring adventure story. Oh, wow. You know? Really? It it really (laughs) is. I mean, but... Three men go out on a boat. to. to, to, It could be Moby Dick. It could be whatever. So there's a lot more to Jaws than just having it be a shark movie. That monologue. The Shallows is great because it's a very simple story. Blake Lively can't get to shore. I mean, if you think about it, it's very that. simple oh, and it's oh, very effective.
0: What was the name of the one of just the, the couple that got stranded in Ooh, boat? open water? Yeah, open water.
1: Yeah. That Dude. one terrifies me. That one's scary.
0: That, that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that
1: one's <laughs> chilling. I mean, yeah. that's just about divers that come up from the water and the boat's gone. Oh I mean, man, I can't even imagine a more My
4: horrifying. What's beating fast, great
3: blue sea? It. No, deep, deep, deep blue sea? No deep, way. Deep
1: blue sea. Yeah.
3: There you go. With LL Cool J? With LL, With LL Cool, LL cool J. J. Yeah, he was a chef. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson, I think that oh, was the Oh, yeah, Samuel the greatest. Which With one the greatest of them gets speech. eaten? One of the greatest jump scares to me ever. The Samuel Jackson, that is seriously, I, I, there's not many times that I literally jumped out of my seat from the jump scare as much as, That Samuel Jackson scene. uh, Again, there there haven't been that many shark movies made. Sharknado. Sharknado, yeah. Sharknado. All right, what's next?
2: (laughs) From uh, Torchy Victor, who do you got for Blades versus Aspinall and uh, Pena versus Nunez? Nunez? Um, I
0: think Blades is, look, he's going to realize his last couple matches have kind of exposed a couple of holes in his game. I think he's seen that too, but that dude is a legit beast so i think we're gonna see him win listen she shocked the world pena baby pena shocked the world especially after having her ass handed to her in the first round mm-hmm. right because it looked like a typical amanda nunez fight She got that heart Th- that first round and nunez was dominating <laughs> her whatever but then she came out in that second round and guess what amanda Nunes is human you hit her square on the jaw her legs buckled, just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. And Nunez, uh, uh, she started putting together a couple of combinations, a couple of successive strikes, and all of a sudden, Nunez's knees were going, and she was down. She did. But Amanda Nunez knocked her out in the first round.
3: No. I hope I'm you're right. i all the I way would love Juliana to see her. Pena. You know what was the, the thing about that match was, she expected after the first round, she expected usually normal. the wilt. Normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah to like just get weaker, else. weaker. She went on another level. She, she did. It. I don't know what she heart. took in the corner. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but. All oh, heart. Rob's falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> it was all hard. I put that shot on Rob but, while but
0: I'm talking. I, <laughs> yeah. I, would put, I would put five bucks at, that I think. She will not underestimate her this time. I hope, I'm going to be cheering for Pena, but I think Nunez knocks her out in the first yeah, round. Yeah, probably. But I, I like I hope Pena. you're right. I, I like, like Pena, her too. Though.
1: I like her a lot. I just don't understand any of this, what we've been talking about. By the way,
0: this is Let's UFC. Miss. We're talking about the UFC here. <laughs> like, All right, what? what's next?
2: From Kevin Cowell. Zhang chi is uh my favorite Phase 4 movie so far. I hope Fantastic Forecast cast announced at uh, San Diego Comic-Con Hall H, and I hope Ray gets his hot toy. Yeah. Well,
1: look, man, I put down the gauntlet. It could very well happen. It could happen.
0: Mm-hmm. I Listen, I, I stand by that. I know this puts me in the minority. I'm very comfortable being there because I'm always right, which is, <laughs> being facetious, is I still think Shang-Chi, and, and this includes Spider-Man No Way Home. I love Spider-Man No Way Home.
3: It's not as good of a movie as Shang-Chi is. You, you know it's what? Not. If they did announce all that stuff that Rob's saying at uh, Comic-Con, it's like them saying, we are back Like, this thing is back. Like, this event is back. Comic-Con is back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Comic-Con is back. Because it hasn't been. I don't
0: think Marvel's all that interested in bringing Comic-Con back. I think they're more interested in people turning their attention to D23. Mm -hmm. But I I could be wrong. I I hope I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I know. I think so. I mean, but I I do think, though, that that Comic-Con still is where they make these big announcements because it is Comic-Con still. Mm -hmm. We shall see. If I'm (laughs) not right, I'm out. Uh, fair bucks. from
2: dr j hey crew john krasinski is 43 this year and all of the rumored actresses i've seen for the sue storm role look early 20s i can't see marvel doing a 20 year age uh age gap between reed and sue and expect a younger actor to be cast
0: um okay let's put it this way so who cares what the rumors are um I could see them doing that. It's not like it's unlike Hollywood to have a significantly older lead. I was going to say. Especially <laughs> since John Krasinski, you could tell the audience he's 36 and yeah, people will totally buy that. Yeah. Totally. And you could say this 26-year-old actress is 30 and they'll totally buy that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it could. I'm not saying they will do it, but don't discount it. It could, listen, the, at the end of the day, get the best actors possible for the role. Yeah. And if you get theoretically john krasinski and we don't know it will be him and then somebody who's 19 years younger than him if they both can play it great and they can pass off as having a six-year age difference
2: they can do it and it'll be fine look at wanda and vision there's a huge age difference between those two actors. Right. And of course, huge. he is an android. Yeah.
0: He's he's technically he's, five years old. He's just a baby. He, he's a five year old, yeah. He's, he's, big a, age he's the creepy
2: one
0: Wanda Cougar Vision yeah. is the name of that series. <laughs> All right, what's next?
2: From uh, Sarah from Page, some support. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Joseph Sanchez. I'm with Rob on the Comic Con announcement, and I cannot wait. Ooh.
0: I mean, listen. Either way, whether it's Comic Con or D23, within the next X number of weeks, we're going to get some big stuff. Big stuff. Big stuff. Like
4: big stuff. Like,
0: big stuff. Big, big surprises. Stuff. <laughs> big surprises are coming. Big stuff. Whether it's
4: going to be like our most coordinated moment ever. <laughs>
0: It's going to be footage, it's going to be trailers, and some big-time announcements. I think we're going to get uh, the next few By the way, we've all been sleeping on DC. Like, there could be some very big DC stuff coming out of Comic-Con. And, and I'm not just talking about the Henry Cavill stuff. We I'm, like, some serious, there. serious announcements could be coming out. DC, Warner Brothers and DC are putting investing a lot into Comic-Con. They're bringing a shit ton of stuff. They ain't bringing Ezra Miller. but They're bringing a shit ton of stuff to Comic-Con and they're not bringing Flash at all no. to it, but I think there could be some big
1: stuff. There. Dude, I'm looking really forward to Aquaman. <laughs> you, you know, did. you yeah, and I saw did. Aquaman together, yep. and I I loved Aquaman. I can't wait to see what they do with the new Aquaman. You know, I'm sure it's, if they lean into it, the the fantasy element, I'm going to love every minute of it. Yep.
0: We're going to get a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff's coming. Mm-hmm. All right, oh, man. Next? But imagine
4: Ezra just like crashes a- and he like walks out on stage and then we have to watch him get arrested on stage. <laughs>
2: oh, man.
0: He comes out on stage, throws a chair in somebody's face. <laughs>
3: <He> gets arrested. <laughs> Comic Con. All right. What's next?
2: From Alex Gonzalez sending a $20 super chat. Thank you, Alex. I hate can't be a crew. Just want to show support and keep bringing on the filthy. Love and Oh, uh, Thank you. So, you know, it. it
0: it's so cool when people just want to support the show just to support it and say something encouraging. So seriously, dude, thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. And uh, thanks again. All right, what's next?
2: From Papayas and Peas. Similar to how you all do predictions for upcoming comic book films, I was curious if you guys have any final predictions or theories for Nope. The The one that I really do like is that it ain't aliens. Because
0: they, they were like, we're hiding that it's aliens. Oh, fine, we'll show you the spaceship. If it ain't aliens at all. I mean, and, and that's, I'm, again, that's not my prediction. That's just when I heard that I'm kind of leaning into. So, my big, bold prediction from Nova is
1: that it will not end up being aliens. I don't know. What do you think? I think you're right mm-hmm. because that's the obvious answer. And not, I mean, Get Out and Us, as much as I didn't like the revelation of us very much, I really like Get Out. And I just don't think Jordan Peele's going to go the standard, oh, it's aliens route. There's a lot more going on. That's why that I really believe that in this particular case, I do think that the reason they're keeping the embargo is because this movie has some kind of a big, a big twist. A big, It's very different than we've thought. And I think that is going to be, or it's going to be stupid. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. But I really do believe, I mean, I hope, I hope, because I usually, I want things to be good. I think this movie is going to surprise us. You know what? We the gotta watch this real quick. Like we gotta go and watch. Well, this I, I got right invited
0: away. to go see a press screening of it tomorrow night. I turned it down, just because I don't feel like driving all the way out to Century City. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. nope. I don't feel like driving <laughs> nope, all the way to Century yeah. City when 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 all I have to do is wait 48 more hours to yeah. go and watch it here. Yeah, how we
3: avoid any spoilers. If it was there like a
0: week and a half early, I would go see it right away. But I, I figure
4: I can wait for. A I don't even hour. want to go to Century City from Burbank. <laughs> yeah, Not I
0: mean, no,
3: <laughs> did I when I was living
0: in Burbank, I didn't want to make that. Drive but you can here. go to the Italy.
4: I know that it's is true, worth it but... for
0: that. By the way, here's my big prediction. The UFO is going to be a remote-controlled thing that the neighboring farmer put together to scare them off the land.
2: Like a Scooby-Doo situation? Oh, or something a, like a that. White,
0: a white racist oh. asshole who's oh. trying to scare them off the land. It's oh. going to be would have
2: the with two If it weren't if for, it for the kids. kids.
4: All right, what's next? They're <laughs> going to discover mutants. <laughs> and they're going to discover mutants.
0: It's Mephisto. It's going to be Mephisto. <laughs> Mephisto. All right,
4: what's
2: next? In my humble opinion reviews, random question, guys, but what's your favorite performance by Sam Rockwell? Moon that makes sense i i got it sounds
0: silly galaxy quest
2: he's great, he's great. i guy love him as
0: guy in galaxy quest i mean listen from from a critical thespianism point of view moon i, I mean but mm-hmm. when i think of sam rockwell my first thought is galaxy quest Him was a guy he's gold he's that. gold that was yeah. so good what he the way he played that is not easy to play and, and I think he just, he brought so much when he's not even like the fifth highest named person on the, right. on the call sheet, right? Yeah, he's, he's. He, but what about like three billboards? Oh, well, God, incredible. which he won an yeah. Academy Award for. I mean, you know what? Yeah, it's three. Billboards. It's He's so good. It's he was good billboards. in that one
3: movie, say? too, with that uh, where he, they were like hiding a murder or with that one girl. I forgot what it was.
0: Very
4: bad things or was he in that? Well, was he's
0: it? got that new one coming out. That is a murder mystery that looks like a knives out. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, a lot
4: of fun. See how they it run
2: Yes. that looks
0: awesome. Yeah, looks awesome. That looks so good. Okay. All right. what's yeah, next? That's what it was called.
2: From Rachel Knight Online. Hey guys, who is your fan cast for the Fantastic Four and director? Bring on the film. Oh. I
0: don't I don't do fan casts. X actor, X role. Just put a good talented actors in there, and I'm perfectly happy. I, I would love it if Spielberg directed <laughs> that. Oh my god, of course. <laughs>
1: I mean, come
0: on. What that did I call it? So- just no, it's a fantastic That's it. It would be justastic if Stephen, yeah. if, if if Kevin Feige announces Steven Spielberg, that's it. I mean, it's done. He wins. Kevin Feige wins everything. If he could convince Steven Spielberg to direct this film, it's.
1: I mean, the only reason I believe that, you know, he's making his sort of autobiographical story meet the Fogelmans. Is it, was it has a lot to do with his mother? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. his mom is the story of his his childhood. I think after something like that, and after making West Side Story, returning to his roots and making an epic, balls-to-the-wall sci-fi fantasy comic book movie, I mean, I always wanted to see Spielberg make a musical. I got that in West Side Story. But I would. In which love he killed it. Killed it. Mm-hmm. Killed, it. Yeah. killed it. And I, I just think the he's the perfect director for this particular project, the Fantastic Four.
0: It'd be. I, I think he's the greatest director of all time. You know, I think he's the greatest filmmaker of all time, but. It would be
4: great. All right, what's next? I am not sitting next to you at the movie theater if that happens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> From Sin Vendetta. Rob, Gambit is my absolute favorite X-Men mutant ever. Do you have any hot toys of him?
1: They haven't made a gambit. I was gambit. gonna
2: ask, do they even make a no, they they
1: gambit hot toy, but they mm. do make um so Toys made a Gambit. The Ooh. card player. I was
0: gonna say, wasn't that called
1: the card player? Because yeah. they can't call it Gambit. Yeah, it can't. And it's awesome because he comes with a full deck of 52 cards.
0: Did Ooh. they did That's Soso fun. also make the Mr. Butcher? Yes. So you guys have seen Rob he doesn't have it now but he had that Billy Billy Butcher yeah. from the Boys. Technically speaking, that's not Billy Butcher. Cuz they didn't have the license to it. The name of the that figure is Mr. Butcher.
1: Yeah, Soso Toys because the, you know the there is Star Ace has the license to the the Boys, but the these third-party figures are making figures that nobody is making. And Soso Toys is slaying. Like they did a lot of the CW, they did Arrow. Which
0: they called the Green
3: Vigilante yeah, or something. the Green something. Vigilante. That's, they didn't call him the Arrow. Then they, they, they the did Green Nightwing.
1: Vigilante. He's the Night Vigilante. And then they did Robin <laughs> the Air. What do they call you the know? Green
3: Goblin one? Green Monster?
1: <laughs> uh, something. The Green Menace, I think. <laughs> the, funny. And now Hot Toys is going to go back and make those things. But All right, what's next?
2: From Josie Reviews. Johnny boy, I fell in love with Marcel. Marcel is so delightful that we'll have you laughing till you cry and cry till you laugh. Nana Connie is the best. Now, have you watched it? I haven't gotten to go see the movie because it's not playing near me. You've seen the trailer. I've only watched the the shorts that they used to do. um, Oh, I didn't even know it's based on a series of shows. Yeah, it was like on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. They're great.
4: Oh, just even just watch those shorts on YouTube. They're great.
2: It's just the shell, And he's just hanging out with dust, and He's just a cute little guy. Um.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. And and John Raffio's sister does the voice. Yes,
2: Jenny Slade, who's perfect.
0: By by the way, I've been rewatching a lot of Parks and Rec again lately, and just (laughs) her episodes are so good. I love her so much.
5: Money, (laughs) please. (laughs) I love her.
2: (laughs) All right, what's next? She's here. <laughs> <laughs> She's here. She's in the room. From Jordan uh, Macalara, uh, some support. And Alex Martinez sends some support as well. So, thank you oh, so guys. Oh, guys, thank you so much for that.
0: And were there any more Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: I got two. I want to shout out uh, two of our uh, regulars here. John D. celebrating his 22nd anniversary with his wife. yeah. Uh, Congrats, man. You? Yeah, and B. Gill Studios. Happy birthday tomorrow, 20th birthday. But we got one from Mr. 47. He asked if the legends, Rob... Um, is the best brand for the MCU merchandise, like like Thor's hammer and Cap Shield. You've seen them, right? Yeah, they make those. good.
1: They make good stuff. I think they they it's are
3: expensive. they are close as you could get without breaking the bank for those those types of yeah, things. I would Captain America Shield, whatever. Those things could go up to what six hundred dollars. Oh, more than that. Yeah, yeah it's Hasbro's so is like a hundred dollars. Yeah, so. I think
1: those are good. I and, mean, I like that stuff.
3: And then we got a uh, one last one from Gregory B. He says hello. From Saint John's, Netherlands, NL, is that no, Netherlands? NB or Saint NL. John's Newfoundland. NL, Newfoundland. Newfoundland. That's sorry. Canadian.
0: That's a sorry, Canadian sorry, place. sorry.
3: John, would you please share your thoughts on Cineplex for Canadian viewers? What are their What are their biggest issues, and how should they address them? No, love the show. Everyone's great.
0: Yeah, no, we, I can't launch into a 15-minute like, breakdown. <laughs> I know what your dad would say.
3: Fifty-seven uh, dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he said yeah, yeah, before, so, though. I
0: mean, a totally valid question, but I, I don't have ten minutes right now to break down like a <laughs> full thing of. But but I will say this: I, it, what Ray is referring to is still one of my favorite moments ever. Uh When I go back to Canada, I traditionally take my family to go see a movie, and my dad hadn't come with us. He hadn't been to a movie theater in a few years, and we're all me, my siblings, my sibling spouses, we're all, and my mom. We're all standing around in the foyer mm-hmm. of the theater. Aquaman, and like. And and the timing. Oh yeah, you were there too, right? Yeah, the that's timing. When I had my fish taco Yeah, That's right. You were. This, so we're standing, around, and the timing could not have been better, because my one sister Sandy said, "Where's Dad?" And right on cue, like a foghorn in the misty night, this voice fills <laughs> this entire giant cineplex with the words, 18 dollars." and i turned and there's my dad at the concession stand and i run over and i'm like Dude, what's the problem i just want a soda and a popcorn and they want 18 dollars like and i'm like paying the lay i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm just giving <laughs> their money and i'm like trying to talk dad this is you you, you bought this this this. is what it he was gonna watch <laughs>
5: it's
0: like one of the greatest moments so now like Whenever, like, Ann and I oh. are around, we hear somebody make a joke about concession stand prices, we'll just go, $18. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: greatest moment ever. I love that. Ray,
2: um, did you have a burrito on you, though? Did you, like, pull that out? No, like, was that's out when bullet?
3: we went to Aquaman, and, like, Rob pointed this out. I had shrimp tacos. They were so good. But then you were like, you pointed out how we were watching shrimp on screen and I was eating them, something like that. Yeah, so sad. (laughs) I'm
1: telling you, man, that was disrespectful to the movie
3: itself.
0: (laughs) All right, guys, that will do it for this installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the channel, thank you guys so much for that support we got an episode of mailbag coming up a little bit later today keep your guys eyes open make sure you subscribe click the thumbs up button leave a comment down below if you use the super thanks feature we actually respond to those ones as well if you want another way to support the channel thank you so much for that and don't forget come on back tomorrow for the next episode of the john campion show we've gone a little bit over time here today guys but i think it was worth it big thanks to people in the room Robert Meyer Burnett sitting right here, (laughs) right beside him, of course, Chris Carr sitting over there, Ray Orr, and of course, producing today's show, Jonathan Voico. I'm John Campy, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.